Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Good Morning Amigo. Good morning, Amigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning. Nature called, and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't say no. So, good morning to you, young lady. You're late. Is, is it that time already? Gosh, you can really lose time, lose track of time in the, in the latrine. Um. Good morning, Amigo. A very interesting start to today's show. Uh, the 20th of January, 2021. I thought many of us circled today on the calendar a long time ago. <laughs> oh, boy. So the positive news is that there's no moat around the White House. A what? I'm sorry? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. You don't know what a moat is? No. Ever watch one of those, like, old school, like, Medieval movies with like a castle. Okay. You know that little river around the castle? Oh, yes. That's a moat. That's a moat. You learned that in history. I guess you missed that day at school. Probably. <laughs> That's the day that I stayed awake in history class. That's how that. they used to keep troops out because they put a body of water. Ah, okay. And it was, no, better, okay. Than a, it was better than a wall. And then could, like they had the alligators swimming in that water. They did stuff like that. Ah. As a matter of fact, they did. Yeah. yeah. And the castle door was a bridge. Yes. Okay, I'm with it. you. Mm-hmm. It's the only way it would come down, and you just whatever. Other than that, you weren't welcome. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No moat. I'm impressed that you know that, Frank. So Trump's final farewell, believe it or not, will be on the air with his final farewell. Do you understand that he's leaving like in 45 minutes? He's dipping. So he's not sticking around. No, he's dipping. Uh, 8 a.m. departure. He's out. Wow. He's coming to Miami, but Laurel Mago, La Morola. The place he signed that he would never live because it would be a distraction to the residents. Now the former president, soon to be former president, will <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that he's the former president. Holy Toledo, bro. I feel like this isn't real. Like, I ignored talking about this yesterday because it just didn't seem right. Right. I don't even know how to feel, to be honest with you. I don't either. Today's going to be... Like, I'm going to be very, very upfront with all of our listeners. Have no clue how I'm supposed to be feeling today. Listen, when it started, Frank, you know damn well. And by the way, good morning, Hannah. Hi, good morning. You know that when this started, and Hannah, you were just a young little dancing bucket, dancing in Miami dancing. Shout out to our friends at Miami dancing. When he became el presidente, so to speak, you weren't dancing at dancing anymore. You were like 16. It doesn't matter. Shameless plug. Um... I said to anybody who was willing to listen that this guy was a train wreck. Like, how are we going to make this guy a president? Wait, you'll see. You know when you guys are going to remember me? You know, January 20th, 2021. You're going to look back and go, what did we do? Like, for as much as a lot of the stuff that I predicted I thought I was wrong about, boy, he played catch-up the last three or four weeks. Made me look like a swami. (laughs) <laughs> the only thing I was wrong about, I said he wouldn't make the full term. I said he'd be removed in some capacity before the full four years. And by virtue of him leaving in about 45 minutes, I will lose that prediction. But everything else, that and war. I thought he'd start a war. But he did. He, I guess he started a war inside of our boundaries. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, you were right. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a that battle counts. going on here. There's the biggest in- internal battle in 60 years. And yeah, maybe that more. Well, there was times that we thought that he was going to start a war because when he went in full force with, uh, with the guy from Korea, I can't remember the so name. So glad. Don't you get the impression, though, after the whole Capitol thing, that he had, like, armed guards around him but not guarding him? Hmm? 
watching him. Like, I get the impression that at some point, notice how he got neutralized. And then hear from him again. If you think about it, we really haven't heard from Trump but once or twice in the last month. Other than the. And all the threatening things he could have done because he was capable of it didn't happen. Like, I honestly thought he was going to start a war so he would stay in office. Like, I was concerned about that. Mm -hmm. And luckily, all the waters were calm. He couldn't do anything. And then it was so much going on here that, you know. So I don't know what to think. Now, I know all the security concerns. That's great to be on high alert and to be uh, vigilant. Frank, why is it that I, am I an internal optimist in thinking that not a damn thing's going to happen? I don't think anything's going to happen either. They not have everything locked down. Man. I disagree. Not a damn thing is going to happen. They have everything locked down. Like, like this is going to be one of those inauguration days that you're not going to see many people on the streets. One, you have the whole pandemic thing. Two, with all the, the riots that happened, the security is going to be up most definitely. They're vetting, and everything is gated in. They're vetting guardsmen. They, they removed 12 of them for other reasons. I don't know why. They won't say. So why do you think you, why do you disagree, Hannah, without getting into too much detail? Okay, so, you know, I just have to be myself, and I saw an episode of a Simpsons episode. Oh, there we go. I, I saw well, a Simpsons it's legit. episode. At this point, it's legit. About right? Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2021, so. There's no way. You said Simpsons, yeah. you got my attention. Yeah, yeah, and at this point, they've been so right. They've well, been, look at it on break, yeah. They've been very right. Sometimes I wonder if someone does that after the fact. They make it seem like Simpson, but but I guess you can always go back and check that. No, they've done that. They've done that like many many years ago. Like yeah. there's a lot of things that they've aired like in '89, and all of a sudden, 15 years later, it comes true. It's there's a lot of comparisons that have been compared to with the Simpsons and actual events in history. Today's a weird day, man. Just a strange day. It's inauguration day in this country. So many things that are weird, and then like a lot of people feel like now we're gonna get back to normal. Hmm. <clears throat> um, okay. I think the opposite. I don't know about the opposite. I just don't know what what you consider normal, and I don't know if you understand what we can expect now, bro. Uh, I guess we'll mitigate through this, right? Yeah. At least I don't have to call him forty six, right? Why you're gonna call him by his name? Yeah. Why? I want because why am I gonna have to refer to him as a number? Because you referred to forty four as forty four when you started calling him forty five. And you said it, so there's no there's no sign of disrespect or no sign of favoritism. I'm going to call every president by their number. Yeah, but, I mean, this guy, you have to admit, if I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm, you know that I am satirical about our presidents, so I don't necessarily, I don't disrespect them, but I don't take them seriously because I feel like they're like marionettes and puppets and whatnot. So... I'm not going to call our president by number 46 or, or, or I'm not doing that. I just think Fire Marshal Bill works perfect. <laughs> right? It's funny. He, gosh, he looks like him. No coincidence that it took Jim Carrey to do the impersonation of Joe Biden, which he does it magnificent. Magnificent. You can always trust Jim Carrey, though. Yeah, Jim does a good job. All kidding aside, yeah, man, President Biden, I don't have a problem calling him by his name. He was a former vice president. He's kind of an interesting figure because he has said some dastardly things in the past. And somehow, some way, we've all forgotten about it. Like, he said some racist stuff in the 70s, man. Mm -hmm. Can't deny it. Uh-oh, someone's having like a knipsh. Are you all right? You don't like this guy, do you? 
No, you don't. You can just say it. It's all right. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. I don't know. I just feel like I'm living in a movie. I'm not even lying. That would call. That would be called surrealism. Yeah, I'm just having a moment. Well, that I, I had that moment when we looked now on Good Morning America, and they showed like an aerial, could have been a drone. I don't know. Nowadays, everything's a drone. Right. Of like the Capitol, mm-hmm. you know, and the White House and everything, and, and and you just looked at the totality of what has always been majestic and beautiful, and you're wondering. Am I going to remember seeing this before some sort of craziness today? I really don't think so. I hope not. I don't think so. But that's where it, it, it becomes movie-like. Um, our students, I, they're so disconnected that I don't think they capture the moment the way you and I do, Frank. I'm surprised Hannah captures it. Hannah's young enough to this not really matter. For starters, it's her first, it's the first presidential election you vote in. Is that correct? Yeah. So, you know, I don't... You know, I respect that she probably has the knowledge to know about politics, but I'm just someone her age doesn't usually carry that strong an opinion. It's just like either one way or another. And it's not, I always make it clear. I don't think a lot of people deal with the politics of the, of the parties. I think they deal with the person. Like at the end of the day, you vote for somebody you like. And then lately it's become very party specific. But I've stayed old school. So I either vote for someone I like or I don't vote. That's how I am. And I take that pretty seriously. Yeah. Um, my concerns about President Joe Biden, or soon to be President Joe Biden, are of no consequence. They don't really matter. He's got to get in there and do the job. He's much more qualified to do the job than I am of predicting what job he's going to do. Think about that. <laughs> so at the end of the day, people have to curb their opinions a little bit and understand that while he's a career politician, and he could be shady, they're all shady, go into the assumption that they're all shady. I know, yeah. If you all- see them on TV, they're shady. Mm-hmm. But... um. But it's about where we're going to be. Where are we going to be in a few years? That's the interesting thing. Somehow, someway, I want to talk about sports today, Frank. Is that okay with you? Um, that works with me. Rangers played last night? I believe so. 4-3 final? Mm-hmm. It's not the last period. It's pretty good. We'll talk about that. We'll talk some football. I know Wednesday's not a lot of sports, but in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll have John Jay in studio, former Kane baseball player, now Major League Ball player. Who's he playing with now? Uh, I got to check. I don't, I really he was a Cub, and then I, I don't and know. And then he was a Royal, and he's, he's jumped around in the last couple of years. We'll be back. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good, good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> 
Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen! By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Stelio Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide, put it down right now with the legendary, the one, the only, it's official, Slam Radio. If you think it's a game, play with it. Dolly. He's out of his freaking mind. He's not. Crazy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. You like that song, huh? So fitting for today. Why? Because we don't know what it's going to be. It might be a oh. thriller. Boom. Hey, I want Gerald to host the show. Gerald doesn't say anything anymore. Do you guys agree with me? Gerald should host the show. I think Gerald should host the show. Gerald's so invisible, I thought he was going to Miami High. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, you're the host. You you're the host, Gerald. It's all you now, brother. We're going to test him now. We're going to see where he is. It's all you, Gerald. Tell, tell him I tried to say hello to him. You can tell him I tried to say hello to him. Tell him I say he can go fly a kite. <laughs> Let's go fly a kite up 
to the highest high. I try to say hello to these kids. They used to stand in line to say hello to me. Now they run away from me. They wave. Something I wave. They're, you're in the middle of doing a show. They understand this. I know. Well, it's Gerald's show now. Gerald, you're the host. <laughs> Gerald went to go get some milk and cookies. Yeah, Gerald's not there. You know, we, we should call Gerald's mom to tell him, tell her that he is supposed to be hosting, but he's nowhere to be found. He's MIA. Or maybe we call Brianna. I'm sure Brianna will step in. The show pull is here. Maybe that's what we ought to do. Gerald, you're the host. Do we have that cricket sound? That would be perfect. Bueller. Yeah, Bueller's even better, actually, because it's school Bueller. related. Bueller's much better. Bueller. Mario, you got to give me the name of your hairdresser. The purple hair is beautiful. I got to tell you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Gotta I appreciate so it. I got to do something with my do. <sighs> Inauguration day, folks. So let's get your thoughts, young Patty Wands. I don't want to get into politics now. No politicas, por favor. <laughs> Does it feel surreal today? I don't want to know your politics, please. Doesn't matter because I don't even know mine right now. I don't either. I don't. I'm so confused. I don't even know if I have politics. Well, I, I'm just confused. I am literally beaten down to a pulp and confused. There's no side to be on. I don't have a side. I'm just here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Holy Toledo. I have never felt like I could not care any less about something as important as this. And yet I know I do. Listen, as long as they don't blow anything up, I, you know, as long as they don't do anything stupid. Very, I have a doctor's appointment later. So <laughs> Y'all gotta chill. Please. Ed will be here in a little bit. Along with our program director, Amanda. She's going to come to regulate, huh? Yeah, but Amanda Marie, what's good about Amanda Marie is, I'm going to be honest with you, is she comes bearing gifts today. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? Oh, she comes bearing fattening gifts. Oh, I'm glad I didn't need anything. Yeah. And the students don't get to have them either. That's the best part. Now, I'm sure vegan John Jay is not going to have these, but we'll <laughs> give it a try. I don't know. I am vegan. assuming he's vegan only because he's so fit. He's probably not. Vegan. He's going to dive in and go, that cafecito y la tostada aquí. Bro, he probably comes back to Miami for the arroz y los frijoles. I'm going to make fun of him. I'm going to say, man, did anybody ever tell you you have a name that sounds like you were there when they signed the Constitution? <laughs> he is one of the old school names, right? Because when you look John, him you up. Can't, I mean, John Jay was. When you look him up, you have to look up John Jay baseball Baseball. Player. Because when I looked, I didn't know who John Jay Same. was. Same. When I, I looked up yesterday. John Jay, like all of a sudden, this very 1800s portrait came out. I'm like, that's not John Jay. I think John Jay was there when they signed the Constitution. I swear to God, I think he was. I mean, if he wasn't, he was a generation or two removed, but he's kind of old. I don't know how he got his ass to walk up here to come to the studio today. But, but you don't know what that John Jay did? or That John Jay was in politics. I, I'm too old to remember what they taught me in Plus, once I got a man crush on the baseball John Jay, it's like there was no other John Jay. We should take, we're going to have to take a picture and send that to, uh, to Will Manso and to freaking David Lang. How funny. I'm going to tweet them. Um, listen, on a day like today, as much as you're afraid, as much as you think you're on the, on the other side, as much as you have all the faith in the world, you have to understand 
as much as you can organize, as much as you can think that there's policies and procedures and things in place, so much about life comes back to wishing and hoping. You go take a test in school, you wish, you hope, you pray. Guys, it always comes down to the same thing. It comes down to faith. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. A little faith, George Michael. So, isn't it funny that on Inauguration Day, we have one of the founding fathers coming in? <laughs> Couldn't have worked out any better than that. Yep, John Jay, one of the founding fathers. <laughs> Is that a secretary of state to the one and only George Washington? This guy's old school. <laughs> By the way, uh, the secretary of state who followed John Jay, who succeeded John Jay, was the one and only Alexander Hamilton. John Jay is mentioned in the play often. I don't know how we were able to pull this guest, Frank. <laughs> but we might have the best guest in the entire country oh, on yeah. a day like today. Uh-oh! She's late, but that's okay. There's her walk-up song. You know who that is. The birthday girl herself. Well, she was her birthday yesterday. She did not come up. We had to go to her. I know, I know. Day two of the new year. I hope you're doing well, Miss Delachea. Look at that. Even with a mask, you can see her smile. She gets all squinty-eyed. She gets all squinty-eyed. I hope you went to a very nice and lavish dinner yesterday, taken by your friends and family. At the very least, they could have done. That's, well, that's awesome. Because that's actually even better to get to spend your birthday with your parents. You have the weekend to go out and do anything. You have other days you can do that. That's actually the best way of spending that day. I am so... So I don't like to give away things, but the rumor has it is that it might have been a milestone birthday. Is that correct? It was. Happy 40th birthday, Mr. Lechea. I was wrong. I said 39, but oh, 40. You see, you see, Frank. My, uh, I got worried because I was like, man, we like, I know we hang with, we used to hang with the same people. I go, I'm just gonna say she's 40. It's safer that way. Well, you look amazing. You look a lot better than I did at 50, so fantastic work. I I'll be 53 in August. Look at that. Yes, I'll be 53. You, well, you don't need to say your age. <laughs> oh, we're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's less than me, so that's a... Yes. Besitos. We love when she comes through. You too, Mr. Lechea. You see, guys? She doesn't bite. I told. I'm talking to the students now. She doesn't. She's she's a barrel of laughs and sunshine. You see that? They're giving me the stoic stare. They're scared of her. Respect. It's not scary. Okay. Respect. It is. They are legit. Like no, they, no one is really reacted. Look at them. They're just like. Mm. They get. They get all. Uh, it's like the Darth Vader walks in. <laughs> even even virtually, they get intimidated. Look at them, and they're the good students. Like none of these kids. Really misbehave, except for, let me see, is there anyone here who misbehaves? Not anymore, you. you, you you're a good girl now. She knows who I'm talking about. You can smile when you realize that I'm talking about you. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man, these are all good kids. These kids don't get in trouble, none of them. So why are they afraid of her? 
again, it's a it's a respect. Mm-hmm. It's a res- respect through reputation. Yeah, I'm getting nods here. Are they able to come on? Or are they just afraid of? No, no they're just afraid. Get... They're so they're so respectful right now and full of respect that they're they, they can't even speak. Well, Frank was just being. Yeah, it's just what Frank's saying. It's just respect. I'm not afraid of her. She's a very nice lady. She's helped me out with a couple things. You I'm just, just stop. I'm, I'm you just stop her. breathing. You just stop breathing when she walks in the room. That's all. That's okay. It looked, it looked like my entire Zoom froze when she walked in. But to be fair, all aren't all like assistant this. principals from all schools the same way? Like everybody had there's a certain. There's always a nice one and there's always a pain in the ass. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So there's o- right. There's always one that you know you can go to, and there's always one that when they walk into the room, you're like, oh my. But they end up being help more helpful True. than than the a nice one. And I had that situation in high school where I was always very intimidated by the AP. And the second day before I graduated, he ended up coming through real clutch. And I never had any sort of relationship with him, but he ended up coming in clutch. And that's kind of the love that every all these APs get, especially Patty Telechea. Now I do know, I do know that there is one person in the Zoom who could probably say that, believe it or not, not fearful, but more Yeah, fearful of Miss Abascal, our our other assistant principal, who just seems like a lily flower. Like she's just a little dainty little thing and Oh boy, don't get that woman mad. Oh no no. Ooh. I think I'm more intimidated by her than Ooh, Oh my god, don't get that little one. She's feisty. You've never met Miss Abascal, have you? Holy Toledo. But unassuming. She giggles. She's dainty. She has a, a lady's little voice like this. You would never in a trillion years. You know who else is a badass like that? Is Ed's mom. You know Ed's mom is an assistant principal. Oh, uh, you've mentioned that before. So Ed's mom is... Ed, I have a great story about Ed's mom. Should I wait till Ed's here? thing is, Anthony won't be here unless he gets... He to... No, oh, this I is... think you should. Yeah, oh, this is wait. a great story. Stan, should wait? Yeah, I think you should wait. We're going to break. But I'll say in the next segment before Anthony leaves because Anthony has to be present for this one because it involves Anthony. You can maybe do like Cliff Note version of it or something. Okay, just say it twice. Who cares? We're not going to have the same audience at that time. Dude, you remember the story? Our listeners don't remember because they don't listen very long. Um, of when Anthony... Caught some dude in the bathroom mm-hmm. trying to accost his friend, mm-hmm. and then he kind of got his boy out of there. He did a little forceful thing, got him out of there, went walking to the teacher. And the guy said, "Please don't tell the teacher." He said, "I'm not gonna tell the teacher." And then they went and told the teacher. And the <laughs> cops came the next day, and he had to give a statement. <laughs> so remember, I was a little upset that he, uh, I wasn't called for this quote statement. I remember of a ten-year-old or eleven-year-old. He was probably who are you, ten, Bobby. I think I was 10, yeah. So, Frank, you knew 10-year-old Anthony. Yes, I did. And 10-year-old Anthony thought he was 20-year-old Anthony. Yes, he did. <laughs> it's like he acts more juvenile today than he did yes, six he years does. ago. Yeah, buddy. He was an adult at 10. Now he's a goofball. And he walks into this office, and there's a police officer, and Ed's mom's there. So they do the entire interview, and he sits calmly, and he explains everything. And when they finish... He looks at the officer and says, by the way, I want to thank you for everything you do. My dad taught me, he says, my dad taught me to always respect police officers. And I respect you. Thank wow. you for everything you do. I appreciate you. So the cop looked at Ed's mom. Ed's mom looked at the cop. Where did this guy come from? So <laughs> obviously at some point I find this out that this is happening. So I call. And you know Brooke and Larry call. Uh-oh. And then Brooke and Larry had to deal with Miami Lakes. Annette. Which, by the way, I knew Annette for years prior to this meeting. And Annette's just so darn sweet that you wouldn't think anything of it. So I walk in, and I'm a little oomph. 
sit down. And I said, so the reason I'm not going bananas here is because it's you. Can you explain to me what happened that no one called me before this happened? Because it happened so fast that when I realized we were in it, I knew it was going to take way too long to call. And I took the initiative, and I sat here with him, and I made sure that I was present on your behalf. I know it might have been wrong, but at the same time, I wasn't going to let anything happen to your son. The MPP. Shout out to I went from Brooklyn Larry to the Amigo. I was like, okay. She goes, I'm going to tell you, he, you didn't have to worry about it. He, I could have not been in the room when he conducted himself. But I remember her, she didn't get angry. She became an AP for me. She said, listen, I got you, but this happened. And that's it. Like, like, I felt like I was in 11th grade and I was about to go back to class after she spoke to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, she's a nice one, but I think they all have that gene that they can turn on, right? Where if, if it's time to get down and dirty, they know how to get down and dirty. It's just funny. The one thing I've never seen is a principal like ours. Have you ever seen a principal like that, Hannah? I wish. <laughs> Dude, guys, check it out. Tell me, tell me this principles. isn't. Tell me this isn't the Bretto walk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check, check this. Tell me this isn't Bretto. He's coming up in a little bit. You'll see. You'll, you'll see. <laughs> Gotta keep walking so they see you. I'd say that's pretty accurate, yeah. That is a pretty accurate walk, not gonna lie. Yeah, oh my he's, god! He's a third base coach. Like, you got that guy, it. That guy doesn't have a care in the world. I wish. Like, by the way, I said once upon a time long ago, Frank, that when I grow up, I want to be like Ray Bretto. Do you know that I've heard like three different people here in this building say that? I go, hey, you guys stole my line. When I grow up, I want to be Ray Bredo. Absolutely. Not a care in the freaking world, that guy. It's unbelievable. The MPP. That guy doesn't get mad at anyone. Like, he has the two feisty ladies that get mad for him. No, nah, he's the MVP. You gave me a phone call a couple weeks ago after a meeting that we had that he mentioned something. <laughs> and I said, he's like, hey, Bredo wants us to go. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying no to the guy, that guy. You got to travel with him. He's, he's, he travels well. <laughs> Fun. Were you scared of your assistant principal? <laughs> Wait, let me think really quick. Who was my assistant principal? Oh, boy. That means... Oh, probably. my God. I did not like that lady. Uh-oh. But, but did you have, like, eight assistant principals? Because I think there was, like, at least four assistant principals in my school. I only Maybe had Maybe six. I only had two. I think... No, I only had, like, one assistant principal and, like, two others that thought they were the assistant principal and they acted like... <laughs> that, that's usually, that's usually oh, the no, case. Jesus. That's usually the case. Yeah, we, we know who they are. Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. Our That's school, how it goes. In our school, we had we had this guy. What was his name? He wasn't an AP. He just thought he was like. We just, at some point, we were just like, hey, whatever. Because some people play the role well. Like God knows, they gave me a walkie-talkie a few years back, and like for a few months, I ended up. People thought I was like administration. No, dude, I just, just gave me a walkie-talkie and I have a good voice. Whatever. Um, but that's always so fun. Um, APs, man, I think that's the toughest job in school. That's got it. So Telechat comes up here smiling and laughing. I love it because you don't usually get to see her that way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of cool. I had to do something that wasn't politic related because, you know, when you have one of the founding fathers coming in at the 8 o'clock hour, bro, like you know you're going to dedicate the entire show to that, right? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
I hope I, I don't want to go too far because I could piss him off. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like the joke, but whatever. Well, I mean, you have to t test the waters. This is perfect for your comedy routine because it's all about testing the waters and what kind of audience you're going to have on your hands. So this is perfect. You this have to throw the father, father joke, see how he reacts, maybe throw another one just to maybe get another reaction, and you have to say What about the man crush jokes, though? Those go out the, by the wayside, then. I have no, to do why? both. You, I have to tell him the, you have to tell him your line that you would have nine John Jays on your team. Yes. I would. I would. Although... Many would say you can't win with nine John Jays, but you can't win without one. That's usually the saying I use, but I think I could win with nine John Jays. I need some pitching, too. but <laughs> Then again, everybody needs pitching. Just ask the Yankees. Ooh. Go ahead. I'm waiting for it. It's whenever you're ready. Well, if they needed pitching, then that sound wouldn't be a pretty often occurrence. It's true. They're good at the strikeout thing, but they're not good at it stopping the runs. That's true. Yeah. Is it Imodium that stops the runs or stops starts the runs? I was gonna say, are you speaking figuratively or or? Well, I'm just saying because <laughs> if we want to use it as a correlation of sorts, and as we're waiting for chocolate chip muffins oh, to come I'm in, not, not chocolate chip, but they're chocolate frosted muffins that are gonna make us feel that way. She she has left the building. Is that correct, Anthony? Yes, she has departed from the building. Many, Quite a while many back, minutes actually. also. That means she's about to get here with cupcakes. Good breakfast. Mm. Mm. All right, we come, come back a short segment to round out the hour because we're just excited about having uh, John Jay come in studio with us. No, not one of the founding fathers. John Jay plays for the Arizona Diamondbacks, former Hurricane baseball player, one of my favorite ball players. Um, straight up, that's not even a joke. He's one of my favorite ball players. I just love the way he plays the game, and uh, it's been a big joke throughout the years, and I finally got what I wanted. I got him in studio. Hannah gets to meet him. Frank, you get to meet him. He's a former Cub. Mm -hmm. Yankees need a guy like that. Remember, Brett Gardner's getting older. Mm -hmm. That guy. Oh, forget about him. He's a Diamondback right now. Oh, let's get him, bro. Yankees need him. Get him a ring. Then you know what happens, right? And they go to the playoffs, and John Jay gets me tickets, and that's great, bro. <laughs> See what I mean? This guy's already made himself his Yeah, bro, oh, he's my dude, bro. What are you talking about? It's my guy. All right, I'm just kidding. More on the other side. Good morning, amigos. Sirius XM 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Stelio Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, putting it down right now with the legendary, the one, the only, it's official, Slam Radio. If you think it's a game, play with it. Dolly. He's out of his freaking mind. He's nuts. Crazy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I love this song. I think you know that, though. That's why I play it. Slam Radio Series XM 145. Good morning, amigo. Back. I'm surprised you didn't play more of it. I guess I understand. Hannah loves when I do that. So, Hannah, you're officially out of the 
I like doing that to you all the time. Competition. Why does he do this? What competition? Well, you're five and five. You cannot oh. finish in first place. Football, football. You can't finish in first place. Why not? Because if you win the next three games, you'll be eight and five. And if Donald loses the next three games, he'll be uh, he'll be nine and four. So you can't win. <laughs> you're out of it. You are mathematically eliminated. So wow. You know who else is mathematically eliminated by virtue of his asterisk? Is not it, me. Is Ed. Oh, okay. You and Amanda are magic numbers of one. We're surviving. We're baby teeth hanging on by one little string. And me? Well, I've got to go about this differently now. You have to play strategic. Well, I'm one game behind. Do what you got to do. I want to see. I want to see. He's got to lose two of the next three in order for me to win. So winning may not be the option. Survival and tying might be. So he's not going to get both conference games wrong. wrong. So you have to try to guess the one that he's not going to get right. Correct. So I think you know I'm not picking the Bills. I have a feeling he's going to pick the Bills, which would be phenomenal. I don't think he's going to pick the Bills. Which would be phenomenal because I'm definitely taking the Chiefs <laughs> and I'm definitely taking the, the Bucks. Really? And he might know that yet. I don't know about definitely with the Bucks. Oh, I'm man. definitely taking The last the time Green Bay and the Bucks played, how did that I, turn out? Listen, I understand. but The Bucks were laughed out of the building. Okay, but you know the last two times they played the Saints, they were lost too, and they lost big. But what this, happened? This isn't, this isn't Drew Brees. This isn't an old Drew Brees. This is Aaron Rodgers. And this is the first time that Aaron Rodgers actually has a wide receiver and a running back so he can actually play a balanced game. Do you know what 21st century NFL football has taught me? Never to doubt the GOAT. Get it, I get He's it. He's 9-4 and four in these games. You do you, bro. You do you. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm picking Tampa Bay. Deal with it. I picked him in the beginning of the season. There's no reason for me to pick against him tomorrow for this week. And at the bottom line, he'll definitely take Green Bay. That benefits me because then I'll pick Green Bay. Oh, and then that way at least I want I'll you catch all to take Green Bay. All of you. I'll all catch you. one up on you. That's what's going to happen. All of you take Green Bay because when Tampa Bay wins, I'm going to laugh at my Bucks hat all the way to the Super Bowl. I think that's a mistake. You're being a homer. You just want to say that you were right from the beginning of the season. You do know that if Tampa Bay wins on Sunday, I'm going to do one of the shows from Tampa, right? You do know that. <laughs> we're going to figure out that Zoom somehow. All by yourself. Yeah. We'll be here. Yeah, you'll be here, and I'll be connected on Zoom during the show. By, all by yourself. What kind of radio road do you expect to go with? You're the only one there. Yeah, well, I'm going on a Monday because we're going to do our slam radio road here Tuesday through. And we're already lining up a guest list that should be good. Should be fun. That'll be in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I think the cupcakes have arrived. Oh, they have. I don't care who brought them. Oh, they have. The cupcakes have arrived, though. Yeah. Oh, hi to you, too. I just like your cupcakes. They were my give cupcakes. a rat's ass about you. They were my cupcakes. I see you every day. Your cupcakes. Hey, mister, I'm eliminated from the competition. <laughs> way, to go, way to go two and two this week, big guy. I don't know. Chad Henney scared you. I know Chad Henney scared you. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I'm still in it. You're out of it. Yeah, he doesn't have a chance. You and Hannah have that one thing in common. Out of it. No chance. <laughs> Sorry. He gave up. Yeah, you're done. By the way, Ed, while you went two and two, Amanda went four and oh. Yikes. Just want to let you know that. Yikes. The only other person who went 4-0 was Alex Dono, who does this for a living. Not even her dad went 4-0. Not even Frank went 4-0. Well, I kind of reeked with the Browns, but well, I didn't want to go all chalk. Yeah, well. Apparently all chalk won, right? Kind of. Well, Tampa Bay was in chalk. Yeah, not really. Tampa Bay was in chalk. That was considered an upset, which is a weird upset because 
Tampa Bay's gonna, I'm telling you, bro, they're gonna smush Green Bay. You guys are gonna be like, what happened? You don't remember that every so often when these games would happen and you just weren't sure Brady was gonna do, Brady would throw four touchdowns, 400 yards, and they'd win my three touchdowns. Oh, Green Bay, oh my goodness, God. Okay, too, good for them. We'll see. We will see. We will see. Mario, am I crazy? A little. You're always crazy. What's the difference? <laughs> so you pick, you, you think Green Bay's gonna win that game? Yes, I God. think they're on fire. And I really don't – I'm really a little suspect on that Tampa Bay defense. So, yeah, I think Green Bay could take this. It's weird how that Tampa Bay defense picked off Drew Brees twice uh, last week. It's Didn't... Drew Brees. It's 80-year-old Drew Brees, Anthony. Right. And Still that would make Tom Brady 82, but whatever, guys. They're old, but they're apparently winning a lot of football games and making it to divisional or, or conference semifinal games. And Like, I don't know, man, like – if Breeze retires, and apparently that's what's happening, um, you know, great career. He threw, like, for 9 million yards. But Brady keeps winning championships. So you can tell me, tell me he's old all you want, but the guy he beat last week might have been his age. He was close to it. But he's been beating people younger than him for a while now. Let's not let's not fool ourselves. I bet you if you were to take the record, Tom Brady's record, when he faces a starting quarterback that's younger than him, it's got to be impressive. Because he rarely loses, though. He rarely loses, and he's been around a while. Exactly. So the, the argument of, oh, he's old, doesn't make me or convince me that this is exactly why he's not advancing to the Super Bowl. Now, you tell me Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm this year, shut yeah. up. He's the MVP. I may have to shut up. But even still, does he have the clout? Does he have the the power to do what's necessary? I don't know. I do. He has the weapons. If Brady loses, the Bucks oh, lose. This is, this is a successful season whatsoever already for the Bucks. They didn't expect them to get to the NFC Championship. Well, if they make it to the Super Bowl. Bro. But they're running into a juggernaut now. Now, I was thinking about this walking in. If he does end up beating Rodgers, now – you got to look at it as one of the most successful runs to the Super Bowl. Oh, there's no the doubt if he makes it to the facing. Super Bowl. And look at all of the all the Super Bowls. He's now been. Josh Allen might not have clout in that list, but if even it goes against Mahomes, Mahomes was MVP last year. Mahomes was a Super Bowl champion last year, so that list grows. The only name there that was kind of a shoe in was the Washington, which I don't even remember who the heck was the quarterback for Washington. Tyler or Taylor Hennigan, I believe Yang? is his name. Muy conocido en su casa. Yeah. Exactly. Mr. Heineken or Heineke or whatever his name was. Bro, what are you talking about? He had more passing touchdowns than Rodgers and Mahomes that week. That week, prior to that week, he was known uh, in his house. You see, the When joke he sat is... down for dinner, they knew who he was. Outside of that, they didn't know who the hell he was. Come on, you see, bro. the joke is here, they didn't play that week. That's yeah. yeah. Wow, way to explain that joke. Way to ruin well, it. Well, that sounds like an inside joke that once again only works for two people who are having a conversation with each other. On a radio show, nobody caught your joke. It was funny, though. But still, prior to Heineke throwing his first pass that day, did you know who he was? Don't tell Absolutely me. not. Yeah. The only thing cool about him, his name sounds like a beer. Yeah, I call him Heineken all the time. Are we going to wash down those muffins with Heinekens? No, we're in school. Can't do that. I don't want milk because that's fattening. John Jay will be here at 820, by the way. He's running just a little late. That's cool. That's fine. He likes to come in in the middle innings anyway. You know that. That's how, that, that's how that works. Utility man. He's a utility man. So He'll stick with us for about an hour. It should be fun. 
Who's going to have more fun with John Jay? You, me, or Hannah? I think Hannah. I don't know. Why? Well, let's just say, even though he's incredibly married, he's a devilish-looking kind of fella. He's kind of (laughs) handsome. Yeah, Hannah's like, why does it always come down to the handsome? Well, I mean, like, you can like, it's you can only look. I'm just saying, but like, if this was a normal class and he came in, I'd have a funny feeling. All the girls would be like, "Who's that? Who's that with me?" Because that's the rumor. I, I don't know. I don't really ascertain that he's a dude. My man crush doesn't get to the point of whether I think he's good looking or not. Sorry. I'm just saying. But he's quite the sexy ball player, bro. He plays every position except pitcher. I wonder if he's ever caught before. I'm going to ask him that. I doubt it. He's probably not caught in I don't think he has a physique for a catcher. But I think he's played every other Maybe in Little League he caught. I'm sure he did. And to think he's got all this this Major League Baseball experience and a founding father of the Constitution. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. (laughs) We tried to get Alexander Hamilton, but uh, he wasn't available for comment. (laughs) Alive, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't available, but we got John Jay. He'll be on in the eight o'clock hour. On the other side, we'll keep fooling around and uh, doing this radio show. I don't know why they let us do this radio show, but they do. You find John Jay frozen next to Austin Powers? <laughs> hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio. Yo, Sway Calloway, Sway in the morning, world famous, wake up, show MTV, we worldwide. Welcome to Slam Radio, this is where they get busy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Frank, do I sound muffled? A little bit. Oh boy. We fine. We're, are you sure we're going to be fine? Yeah, we should be okay. I mean, we should be okay. Alright, so like I told you earlier on the show, right, I'll do this. It's not every day that you get to do a radio show on Inauguration Day. But it's certainly not every day you get to do an Inauguration Day show and have one of the founding fathers himself come into the studio. I'm sure you've heard that joke before, huh, John? Many yeah. times. I bet you you know that guy's history, like, from start to finish. We're on it, we're on it. <laughs> Just kidding. Former Miami Hurricane baseball player, now a major league player, plays with the Arizona Diamondbacks, has played on other teams, including your Chicago Cubs, Frank. Yes, sir. Very excited to see him. But his dad, his dad's real cool people. Well, I had an opportunity, and, and it's really a great opportunity to meet his dad. Uh, we interviewed him once when I was doing Spanish radio. Um, but I've always, the big joke, John, and John Jay joins us here today in studio. Good morning, amigo. Uh, the big joke with me in, in the local media is because I appreciate how you play the game of baseball. I play the scrappy guy. I'm 5'8". Obviously, I wasn't hitting the ball out of the park anywhere. I was diving head first and screaming at people. That's how I played the game with Chipa. Is what they call it. When you play the game the same way, man, I like. I was arguing with Frank. I think you played every position but pitcher and catcher. Am I am I accurate with I that? I pitch. I got a zero ERA, so I pitched with the Cubs. With the Cubs. Look at that. He got an inning with the Cubs. At right? Wrigley Field. So, so you haven't caught. Is the only thing you I haven't caught. caught. I would love to. I got a catcher's mitt though. I got a, I got a Yadi, <laughs> He's ready. I got a Yadi He's ready. A Yadi Molina catcher's mitt, but left-handed. But same his same model, but I made it left-handed. You made it lefty, of course. Yeah, so I'm ready. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that would be fun to see him pull that one off. And then my saying is always, Frank's been by my side almost 10 years. I always say, uh, I can win with nine John Jays. But John Jays is the kind of player that, you know, you can't win with nine, but you, you need one to win. And, and I think the idea comes from the fact that you, you really are grounded on hard work. 
Um, you're the kind of guy that really shows up every day, whether you're going to be on the bench and you're noticing pitchers' habits and you're talking to your teammates or you're on the field hustling and getting two hits and stealing a base and driving in two runs. You're the kind of ball player that every team needs, you know, which I'm going to lobby for you to be a Yankee at some point whenever you're a free agent because I, I'm going to do that. That's what Yankee fans do. We want, you know, Brett Gardner's getting up in age. We need a guy like you on the team, man. La chipa. Um, baseball's been your life always or were you like a multi-sport athlete? When you were growing up. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I was definitely a multi-sport athlete. I think uh, I was always encouraged just to do whatever I wanted, which was, which was pretty cool. It was pretty rare coming down here from Miami where, you know, a lot of my friends were, you know, you literally you just played baseball. So I think that was something that always helped me out where I grew up playing soccer. I loved soccer. Look at that. It's not at the level that's, that it's at now. And I always think, man, uh, you know, when I was coming up, if, you know, we would have club teams and different things like that. I played at the YMCA. So, you know, soccer was always a big one for me. I always just enjoyed being outside, you know, rollerblading, you know, playing hockey in the streets. Just I was always outside doing something different, playing football. So, you know, I was always uh, just doing different things and, and just outside, really. If, if the sun was out, I was out. What high school did you go to? I went to Columbus High School. So, so you're a Columbus, Columbus grad. High. There you go. That's why Flacco's all proud when he brought you in. <laughs> Congratulations on back-to-back -back, uh, state football championships. Yeah. They're, they're fantastic. I have a lot of friends from Columbus. John Jay joining us in studio. Was that monster blue wall there when you played at Columbus? Can you hear me? Can you, can you, can, oh, no. Put on your headset because our producer's talking to you. I apologize. Oh, and you know what? Don't put it on. Hold on. Let's do this like a real studio. Let me put up the volume a little so bit. Can go ahead, Frank. Me? Can you hear me? Here we go. All right, cool. So did Columbus have that monster blue wall in left field when you played over at Columbus? No, so the field was nothing like what you see now. Uh, we didn't have a clubhouse. We didn't have. We used to change in the in the parking lot behind the field. Um, so uh, no, but it was pretty cool. The year after uh, I graduated, which was 2003, um, the the field was was built, and you know you you go back there now and, and you see it. It's beautiful, and I spent a lot of time there training and, and working out. You know, this year obviously with everything going on, it's it's been a little bit different. But you know, usually in the off season, I'd be there almost two three days a week, early in the morning. Uh, you know, it's a turf field now, and it's something that uh, you know I hope. I hope everyone that gets to play there, even you know, visitor or home team, whatever, that you know, you get to really appreciate what what a, uh, you know, how nice that is, and um, you know, we've come a long way with, with our with our field, especially for high school. There's a, a rich tradition of baseball players. I mean, you go back there, obviously, even though A Rod never played baseball at Columbus, we all know the A Rod ping pong table story with Brother Herb. Don't tell me you don't know the story, John. I'm I'm well aware. Oh, okay. <laughs> I talk about it on the air all the time. I make it no secret. Um. The bottom line is there's a rich heritage of baseball guys, whether you go to a guy like Pedro Griffel, who's, who's been in upper management and now obviously back to coaching, back to the yeah, he's he Pedro, Pedro Griffel's been instrumental in my career. So uh, Really? Yeah, Tell since, me a little bit about that because I think the world of him, and I think he's yeah, one well, of the when I was at guys. Columbus, When I was at Columbus, he used to come back and, and run our practices and really showed us uh, you know, almost like that what pro style of you know, a spring training day would be. And we, we, we'd do that in, at Columbus you know, at 16 years old and – you know, took hitting lessons with him coming up, and then in 2018, it was one of the you know cooler moments in my career where he was he was our uh, our bench coach, you know, for the Royals. So I got to you know, spend a year with him. You were with the Royals, and, stuff. So, and so I, I've known him for a long time, and that was a you know definitely uh, it's been a cool relationship, and you know, see us both kind of grow and all that. John, the fraternity of baseball players in South Florida is thick. It's really funny. Obviously, you have a lot of different ethnicities that run through South Florida. Uh, and then baseball becomes a big unifier. So, like, you say the Royals, the first thing I always think of is Eric Hosmer, even though he plays elsewhere now. He plays with San Diego, I believe, is where he plays. Um, but Eric played for many years with the Royals. I don't remember if you got to play with Eric and I. Eric was a stud down here. But you start going down the chain. I'm sure as you've changed teams and you've crossed, 
you're one of the guys that may not have played high school ball with you, but came from this area. Uh, could you say that it's probably one of the like richest talent areas in the country when it comes to baseball? Where do you find a lot of the best baseballs played? Yeah, I'd say for sure it's one of the richest you know areas in, in the country, and you know it's cool to see guys like you know much older than than Haas, but to see him, you know, you know, you're, I'm, I was a little bit older, like I said, and you know, just to hear about him, then just to see what he's doing now. So you know, it's, it's pretty cool where you know in the, in the baseball world where you see that stuff happen all the time, where you'll hear about a kid, and and then next you know he, he's in the big leagues, and and then you know the, the next guy comes up, and the next guy comes up. So in our area, we definitely have a lot of um, you know a lot of guys that have come out of here, and I think it's just a competition. You know, from an early age, we're competing. And we're, we're really, uh, you know, showing the passion, the love of the game, and, and it's something that, you know, we take seriously down here. John Jay in studio with us, joining us. I know Ed, Ed's mad at me. Ed was a last-minute addition. Like, he was, I had invited him. He had something to do. His calendar broke free, but he was unaware mm -hmm. that you were coming to the studio. He has, he has, yeah. he has a John Jay jersey, wow, UM man. jersey at home. Nice. So I thought, I was like, look, I'm not the only John Jay fan. I don't even have a jersey, Frank. You see that? But, but, but Ed, you, what compelled you to have a John Jay jersey? I don't even know where we got it. I just remember having it. And well, you were, I mean, when he played at UM, you were younger, right? Oh, I was like a year and a half old, maybe. Maybe. Oh, so it still fits then? Yeah, like a glow. <laughs> yeah, like a glow. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, I remember having it. That's awesome, man. That's super cool. So, like, you got to run into people all the time that remember when you played at UM. And, and obviously, you, you know, people in South Florida know who you are. Um, when did it click to you? Like, obviously, you played baseball. It was always about the grind and high school baseball. You know, obviously, you played at Columbus. So it was always about, you know, the next game, the next practice, the next workout. Um, once you went, and I, my, I believe your path was from there was minor leagues, or did you go college first? Yeah, I went to college. You played at UM. You played at UM, obviously. But um, I thought from there, I guess I got this wrong. I thought from there you went to the minors. Yeah, so from UM, I got drafted in 2006, and then I spent about four years in the minor leagues. So I got called up in 2010. And in between that was, you know, playing in Quad Cities, Iowa, playing in Springfield, Springfield, uh, Missouri, playing in Memphis, Tennessee. And then uh, I actually played Winter Ball in Venezuela one offseason as well. So, you know, that was kind of all that, all the, you know, getting me ready for the, for the big leagues. The famous journey, like at any point you question it, is I mean, when you go in all these places, you got to sit there and go, man, I'm trying, I went to UM and like, yeah. I'm just trying to play big league ball. What the hell am I doing in Sioux City? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I always understood it was a process, and that was uh, the biggest thing. And it's just like anything in life. And, you know, I think I've always just had that motto of living one day at a time and, and honestly just, you know, trying to dominate that day. And that was always my mindset when I was in the minor league. So when I was in the minor leagues, it's funny, you know, a coach would get on me. You know, we, we make mistakes. That's the reason we're there. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a coach in double-A just always, you know, you'd make a mistake and he'd get on you and say, all right. And, and my mindset was, hey, I'm supposed to be doing that right now. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm in double A. If, if, I, if I had this stuff done, I'd be in the big leagues. But, you know, I'm going to work on it and I'm going to get better. So that was kind of always my mindset. And uh, it's something I still do to this day. You know, I just take everything one day at a time, worry about what I have to do today to get better. And then, you know, hopefully uh, I keep stacking those up and it keeps paying off. I've got so many questions for you. I know some of our students will have questions for you later on. Um, this is the light sports group. Uh, I thought you were coming early where I had a group of guys ready to ask you questions. So uh, I may have to control a little more of it. A lot of ladies here in this group. But certainly, I know, like, for example, our student uh, general manager, Idania, will be ready to ask you questions for sure. And one of the things that I always like whenever I have a guest so that the students understand that there's always a journey. There's always, you always started from the bottom. I, I, I made this comment to Frank the other day. I love 
being from Miami. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, but at the end of the day, I got here, and I think I've been in Miami longer than most people have been in Miami. Even those, you know, like, have been here 30 years, and they moved from somewhere else. I've been here 40-plus years, 41 years. I've seen this place change 100 times. But the one thing that is the most accurate description of what being from Miami is, is being from the bottom. So music has made that popular. Um, rap music, Pitt obviously has mentioned it in his songs. And when they say the bottom, it's obviously it's the lowest big city, lowest point towards the equator, big city in the country. But, but a lot of the personality of the person who comes from the 305 deals with starting from the bottom literally and grinding and working their way up. And if you see all the success stories that derive or come from here, not people that start with a silver spoon in their mouth, it's people who start in the streets, struggling, doing certain things. And, and the same holds true in baseball. A lot of baseball players really start, you know, I, you know playing in the little leagues and playing in, you know, in the Cory leagues and then travel ball. And then, you know, it becomes a process. Where in that process did you realize you started from the bottom and that your goal was to be a big leader? Because everybody says it when they're 10 years old. But then you're 16 and you can't hit a curve and you realize, well, maybe this is not for me. Did you ever have that moment, and, or was it always you knew you were going to be a big leaguer? Honestly, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to be a big leaguer until maybe after my sophomore year of college. Like I said, I never, uh, you know, I, I always had my head down and just took everything such one day at a time. There's so much, uh, it's like right now, you know, uh, we're in a world today where there's so much instant gratification with different things. And in baseball, unfortunately, it's like that as well. You know, c coming up, you're 16 years old, and everyone's telling you you're the best, and everyone's saying this and that. So I always really just put blinders on. I didn't want to hear, you know. I'd have a good game in high school, and then, you know, right away, it's, it's you know, you want to get, everybody wants to praise you. And it's all fun, and it's great, but it's like, no, tomorrow i got to show up and do it again. So I always kind of just had that attitude. And, you know, coming from here, there's a lot of great players that, you know, out of high school, they're just, I felt like they were just way bigger and way stronger. And, and I always looked at myself like, yeah, I'm a good player, but those guys are just on a different level. And as I continue to grow, you know, the 18, go to UN, start working out more, and then, um, you know, continue to get better. And then, you know, I, I got selected to play on the USA national team after my sophomore year. And that's the first time in my life where I was in a clubhouse and I looked around and it's, you know, the number one player in, in the country and, you know, the number two pitcher and the number, you know, one freshman and number two. And I looked around like, wow. And having that experience is what really, you know, made me think. And it was like one of those like, all right. And, you know, playing baseball, you, there's a, you're in isolation a lot. You know, you're alone a lot. There's a, you know, you're going on bus trips, you're doing different things. And even when you're going on tournaments as a kid, there's just a lot of time where, you know, you're spending a lot of time alone or, or traveling. And, you know, I was doing that since a young age. And at that USA team, I really sat back and I looked around. I was like, man, I'm, I'm with the best of the best and I'm competing with these guys. And, and that's when I kind of knew, like, all right, I have a chance to do this and, you know, let, let's keep going. So. Frank, he has a much better chance of convincing me to do yoga than Yendi ever did. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Shout out to Yendi. Like, I'm going to bring up yoga right now. So that, I would have never done that had it not been for Yendi. Yendi's a young lady we had on our show for a few months. She's really into yoga. My understanding is you're big into yoga. Do you find that that helps you meditate, helps you relax a lot? Because, I mean, a lot of the baseball elements, are it's a mental game. You fail seven out of ten times and you're a stud. So you have to understand what it is to succeed those three out of ten times and what comes with the failure. And I got to imagine that requires, I mean, I played the game and then it got to a point where I couldn't hit the curve. So my mindset was, I can't play this game anymore. You got to believe that you're going to hit that curve at some point. Does yoga help you meditate and does it help you as far as your game goes? Yeah, baseball is definitely, a, a, it's a very negative. It's a very, uh, like I said, it, it, it's, you know, you're going to fail way more than you're going to succeed. 
And uh, yoga for me, I, I was introduced to yoga in 2008. I think I was 24, 23 around then. And at the same, you know, the first time I was introduced to it, kind of laughed. Like, what is this? I'm not, you know, this isn't for me. I was into, you know, really lifting. And in those times, it was, you know, all about Olympic lifts and really squatting and doing all this stuff. So I started doing yoga and I just started noticing the difference I had in my body. And then as I've gone on, the older I've gone, the last five, six years, it's really been, you know, essential to my day. It's part of my routine. Uh, every morning I like to get up and I kind of, you know, have 30 minutes where I can just stretch and just kind of move my body and, you know, just kind of, you know, start my day off, you know, the right way and, and just, you know, in quietness. Uh, I like to listen to, you know, music sometimes. I like to listen to podcasts, just different things just to get my day going. And Give me three songs on your playlist. that I, I always like asking that question. Oh, Gives man. us a peek into what you like to listen to. Uh, you want me to go first? I'll give you three of mine. Go ahead. Oye from Pitbull. Yeah. Right? Anything from Notorious B.I.G. And Nice for What by Drake. All right. I got to go just three artists, so I'm going to just go uh, anything Pitbull, uh, you know, especially from the, you know, the, I'm a big, you know, I came up, I'm almost, you know, he's a couple years older than me, so I've been following him since day one, you know, 2003, 2004, so, you know, that stuff gets me going, and then I got a Jay-Z playlist. Those are those money is a major issue days. There we go. There we go. There we go. So, uh, you know, a little bit of that, and then a Jay-Z playlist for sure, and then a Drake playlist. So those are my three. So we have a lot in rotation. common. You went Jay-Z. I would have five to ten years ago gone Jay-Z, right. right? But Biggie just has a bigger impact on me. But that's very similar playlist, right? Biggie, Jay-Z is kind of one and the same. Not bad. You my, see? Mine's very similar. Just slide some Eminem in there. And I, then, I didn't right, put him in there. Me, right? Usually I like to listen to him, but right. you see, he is my brother. I told you, he's my brother from another. Like it. I appreciate him so much. In studio with John Jay, former Hurricane baseball player. Uh-oh, we have breaking news. Yeah, sorry to interrupt the conversation. He's leaving the building, isn't he? Well, we're, no, we're, get, he's we're getting... the building. We're getting some breaking news out of the NFL. Philip oh. Rivers is retiring after 17 years. I knew that was going to happen when he threw that duck in that final drive. Like I was like, oh, he can't do this anymore. Talking about ducks, I don't mean to make fun of him, but he's taking his final walk. He did a little earlier than most presidents do because they usually stick around for inauguration, but he's not. We don't talk politics here, John, but we just talk. Like, I make fun of all of them. Like, I, I just I take a satirical view on it so that we can be lighthearted and be more positive about things rather than obsessed on the negative. But it is kind of historic that right now at 848, um, President Donald Trump departs Washington, D.C. for the final time as president. wonder when he comes back not as president. Might be for those impeachment hearings. Anyway, I didn't say that out loud. It just I, I thought it, and it may have sounded that way. Um, wow. It's a surreal day indeed. But on that day, we have none other than John Jay, former UN baseball player, Major League Baseball player, in studio with us. You've got me convinced on this yoga thing. I've dropped 70 pounds. Nice. So I'm like another person. And I need calm in my life. There you go. So I'm hearing that yoga does that for you. Now I go walk four, five, six miles to exert the energy I need to exert. I'm going to find a different way to do that. So you're going to talk to me about yoga off-site. When we come back from break, Frank, um, he hasn't seen the W flag. I'm surprised. because I, saw I thought he would have seen it by now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's an edict we have here at Slam Radio. It's a reminder, as you remember in Wrigley, when they won, they would raise the W. But I don't have to raise it. I leave it up each and every day for our students to see. I got a good story for that. That's a day. The day that they're looking at that, whether it's today, whether it's next Tuesday, whether it's a week from next Wednesday, it doesn't matter. That's a day that they have to win. So I'm already assuming that they won the day by putting up the W. And I always ask them, what are you going to do today to be a little bit better than you were yesterday? Like what are you going to do to win the day? So, you know, you being a Cub, I was waiting to see if you noticed it. He didn't notice it right away. But he did uh, say he had a good story about it. I got a good story it. about it, though. You do? Yeah. 
Great radio tease on the other side. Good morning, amigos. Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Stelio Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide, putting it down right now with the legendary, the one, the only, it's official, Slam Radio. If you think it's a game, play with it. Dolly. He's out of his freaking mind. He's not. Crazy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Oh, we're back, and I'm so happy. And you play the right song. Let me let him hear it. Go. Little Travis. You know I like that song. Hannah's a big Travis Scott fan. Yeah, right? but he's always giving me, you know, stuff for that. Yes, we give a hard time. By the way, before we continue, Frank, I just want our two gems, the two newest gems in our soundbite library. I want I want Damn. John to hear them. He's putting you. I want John to hear them because <laughs> he wants to come at me early in the morning. I just remind her. South. I should have known better. Okay, so so Hannah. Is a very no, just keep it messy and with a lot of sauce. Can you hear that? No, no, one more time, one more time. Wait, hold on, I gotta put it up, Frank. I gotta put it up. It's on the headset. Go for it. Sauce. Can you hear that? Sauce. No, just sauce. keep it messy and with a lot of sauce. So, yeah, yeah, she has a way of saying things. The twang is definitely, definitely Angel Hernandez's Hialeah. Like, you know, like that. It's definitely all Hialeah for you. Um, she is our newest addition on the show. We like to make fun of her because, you know, this, that happens in big league clubhouses, right? When you're the rook. Not so much when you're new on the team because you're a veteran, right? So you come on, I don't think anybody's hazing you every time. You know, you, you change from one team to another. But I'm thinking when you're the rookie, right? It doesn't matter. Like, the rookie gets hazed, right? Yeah, being a rookie's worse. It's way worse. So even in the big leagues, it's but really But even being bad. a veteran, you got to be ready to, you know, to, to They'll get play pranks on you, right? Yeah. Like, that's always, you're always subject to that. What's the best prank they've ever played on you? Because uh, you don't seem to be the prankster. You seem nah, low-key. I don't think a uh, prank on me hasn't been too many. Oh, um, it's not a safe move, I see. No, nah, not, not, not that it's not a safe move, but just I was always a guy that uh, kind of, you know, the middleman. So the middleman uh, gets taken care of by everybody, I guess. That's true. You also play a role as a veteran on the team, right? Like there's no sugarcoating it. You've been in the league for a few years. Eleventh uh, or twelfth season now you're gonna start. So you get to a clubhouse, you're you're a veteran leader, I would imagine. What's that role like? Because you've always been a leader. Even when you were young, you were you had those leadership qualities. You had them at UM. As a young player, you always displayed that on the field. But now that you get into that part where you know that you see younger players there batting their eyelashes and, and they know they can get wisdom from you the same way you got wisdom from Griffel. Over at Columbus, tell me a little bit about that role. How you've how you settled into that role? It's fun, you know. Uh, I love I love hanging out with the younger guys. I love just trying to make an impact in their lives. And like I said, you know, some of them, it's cool to hear the stories of, hey, I saw you play when, you know, I was ten years old and you were playing in, in the World Series or in the playoffs or whatever the case may be. So, it's cool to meet these guys now and just impact their lives. But it's funny the same way I'm, um, you know, the same way I want them to respect me. I have to respect them, and and that's kind of you know the way I go about it. Where and I'll try to get to know these guys and just show them that, uh, you know, I'm human, just like they are. I went through the same things they went through and that, you know, I'm there to help them. I'm not there, you know, my agenda is not anything, you know, but to help them. So that's kind of, you know, the way I go about it. And then just, you know, uh, like I said, I enjoy being kind of the big brother that's kind of, you know, kind of help you through, you know, the, the lessons that, that I've learned. So we talked a little bit about the flag, the W flag from Wrigley. 
And you said you had a, a, a great story. So I'm all ears as I'm always ready for a great story. Tell me a little bit about your experience as a Cub. And I have to imagine it goes hand in hand with the story about the flag. Yeah, but first, you know, uh, so St. Louis, the Cardinals and, and the Cubs, is, it's a huge rivalry. And, you know, I played in St. Louis for six years, had a lot of success there as a team. And, you know, every time we went to Wrigley Field, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun for us, especially early on, you know, being a Cardinal. So, you know, I signed with the Cubs. And then, you know, it's kind of that rivalry where I, you know, was part of these great teams in St. Louis. And then now I'm part of the arch rival. And they had just won the year before. So they won in 2016. So it's 2017 and it's opening day. And they get to raise the flag for the first time. You know, they get to raise the W, you know, the World Series championship flag and all that. So, you know, for me, just being a fan of the game and just, you know, loving. I always loved Wrigley Field just because it gave me the field, the Orange Bowl. You know, it gave me that old school feel where, you know, the place I grew up. So Wrigley Field is always one of my favorite fields, even before, you know, as a Cardinal and all that. So I got to see the flag raised up, you know, got to stand next to the guys raising the flag and, you know, putting that up there for history after that, that long drought. So that was something that, you know, I always that's remember. Really that's really special. I didn't think about that because you did play cool. the, you played with them the year after. They I won. played with them the year after. So uh, it was pretty cool for me. I got, to, I got to enjoy the perks of winning the World Series the year before. So, you know, we got, you know, Chicago just treated this, the whole city. It was just, you know, the way they treated the Cubs and all that was, it was just an amazing experience for me. It'd be hard to argue that they may be, they're definitely in the Mount Rushmore of baseball cities, but you could say they're the best baseball city in America, and, and it'd be hard to dispute it. I think New York is, but at the same time, goodness. Yeah, I got to say St. Louis. I got to St. Louis is also yeah, rich. Louis is un unbelievable. Unreal. 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 I've never been to St. Louis, but I heard that their baseball culture was just through the roof. I'd probably name them Chicago, St. Louis, maybe New York as my top three cities. But, John, did you ever play in Wrigley before they put those video boards up? Because, I mean, I haven't been able to go. I've gone a gazillion times to Wrigley. But I haven't gone since they put the boards up, and I'm a little hurt because, like, you just compared it to the Orange Bowl. And one of the biggest things in the Orange Bowl is it was very old school. There was no video board. You didn't have to worry about it. You kind of had to go back home and watch to see if you wanted any specific play. Did the video boards take away from the actual atmosphere of Wrigley? Uh, I think, uh, I mean... Because, you know, the rooftops went away. Like that Yeah, was some of the rooftops deal. went away, but, I mean, the video board, I mean, it's just, it's pretty cool to watch highlights up there and, and just see things going on and, um, you know, but it did have the, you know, it takes away a little bit from that, but I think uh, just, you know, the times we're in now, all the videos and just the way internet is and all that, it's it's pretty cool to see that that big screen up there and you know just see highlights and, and all that stuff. So I uh, one of the things as as a guy who loves the game of baseball, it's my favorite sport. Um, Frank, I think I told you one of our former students went on a road trip over the holidays and started taking pictures of ballparks. He drove in that whole region. I think passed by eleven or twelve ballparks. Took a picture of everyone, sent it to me, and said, you know, I don't even like baseball, but when I see something that's baseball related or I see something like this, you're the first person I think of, which is kind of cool because, I mean, I really, I enjoy the game that much. But as much as I enjoy it, I didn't enjoy something that happened in baseball. I don't want to put you on the spot about it. Certainly, I'm curious to get a perspective as to what you think of the viral reaction to what happened with the Houston Astros. Like, there's no denying that things like this have always happened in baseball. I'm not a big fan of any of that. But without getting into the semantics of what they did right or wrong, I found it interesting how they took this them-against-the-world attitude. And Major League Baseball, I expected some of the players to be really pissed and start throwing at them, and it never really happened. And I'm curious, is it because there's just a common understanding that maybe the fans took the sin worse than the actual players? No, I think it was uh, shocking for everybody, definitely. But, you know, it's just one of those situations, I think, as far as, you know, guys throwing at guys and all that, I think... You know, all that stuff's mandated now, and, you know, it's just, it's not safe, you know. So, you know, those things aren't going to happen. And, 
I think uh, as a, it still as, happens though. Like people are throwing all the time. Right? Like, it happens. <laughs> it happens, but but not not as frequently as you know, kind of before, and you know that's kind of the, the way the game was before and all that. But mm-hmm. um, I just think you know the whole situation. I think we've done a good job of kind of moving on from it and just you know kind of learning from what happened. And you know, there's been more rules set in place this year. You know, we weren't allowed to watch video during the games, and you know, just different things that they did to enforce things. So. I think, uh, you know, going forward, I think, you know, they uh, address some issues that need to be addressed, and that's, that's good. That's the one thing about it that I felt I was okay with is it was the best way to get past it is to sort of just let it slide through. And we're on the, on the heels of seeing George Springer get moved to the Blue Jays, I'm happy for him to get a new start because I think he was under that cloud, and that cloud might stay there, and although people are trying to let it go by, fans aren't going to let it go. I mean, there's a dude that did it. He did a Twitter account and they got a quarter million fans within three weeks like it, people were not impressed with the news um and i've had other big league players on and i have asked them and but i haven't asked them specifically what their opinions are because i think i don't know it's inappropriate i think it's not the right thing to do the one thing i will ask your opinion on is if you think the ball's juiced because i'm convinced it is because the ball is juiced Yes, I am 100, 100% based on the numbers. I'm being told that the, what is it they call it? The, 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 the angle of your swing, what do they call this? The, um, oh my the God. swing Launch angle, launch angle. Launch angle. I think guys are just trying to go up there and it's a different approach. You know, guys are just trying to hit the balls as hard as they can, as far as they can. So you're going to see those results. But at the same time, and you know, you being a fan of the game, that's why strikeouts are way up and, you know, balls putting player are way down. So. I just think you see uh, a lot of guys going out there just trying to hit the ball real far, and that's and that's the result. And you're gonna get, you know, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of launch angle. You're gonna have a lot of long homers, but at the same time too, you're gonna go away from contact. And I think when you see the best players, they do it all. You know, they have a, you know, they can hit a line drive when they need to hit a line drive. They can hit a home run when they need to hit a home run. And I think that's something that will always remain in the game. And you know, you know, we continue to change and evolve, but that's definitely something that, uh, and I don't think it has to do with the ball. I think it just has to do with the approach. On, on what guys are trying to do. That launch angle is why you have more ground outs. Um, we did some numbers year before last. Last year, obviously, with you know the shortened season, we didn't do anything. But the last full season that was played, I became obsessed with the metrics of baseball, with the amount of guys that had 30 or more homers, um, the percentage of runs that home runs were responsible for driving in were way up. The little things like that that people didn't notice, and it did lend to exactly what you're saying. People are either swinging for the fences or striking out. You know, people aren't getting, uh, moving people over from second to third, hitting opposite. Like, there's a lot less of that old school stuff going on. And there's definitely a lot less bunting going on. Is that a lost art in baseball? Are are we never going to see a ball player bunt again? I think think bunting is long gone. Coming from the guy that probably has bunted more than most guys (laughs) in their career. That's why I asked you. (laughs) But I think think it's something that... um, you know, you're going to see your occasional bunting because you see guys bunt to beat the shift all the time. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a, it's a good tool to have for these guys that, you know, it's a ninth inning, it's a tie game, and they're shifting you, and let's get a base runner on and put pressure on the defense. So I think you see the, the, the re- like I said, the really good guys that kind of do it all. You know, they're going to, those are the guys that are gonna still going to bunt, the guys that are, you know, um, going to take a chance and just play the game when they need to get played for sure. Those shifts are also dastardly. Some old schoolers hate them. Like, I've had to get used to the notion that they exist. I told myself if Ted Williams broke the shift, you know, these guys have to figure out a way to hit opposite field. Do you think the ball players become a lazy hitter and that's why these shifts are more effective? Or do you think the, the, the metrics and the technology behind these shifts 
uh, is really so precise that we're, we're putting people in places depending on the hitter that is more or less where they tend to hit the ball. Yeah, you got to remember all this, all this shifting is done with, with data. And I think, you know, we just have a quicker way of getting this data now than we did before. You know, before, you know, a coach would probably watch video and, and see, all right, let me watch all this, this guy's ground outs and kind of see exactly where that is. Where now, you know, through the computer, you're able to do that. But I think the biggest key to all the shifting and all this different thing is, you know, it all starts with your pitching. You know, we're going to talk baseball. It starts with your pitching, and you see the teams that shift, and the pitchers can pitch to that shift do really well, but the teams that shift and the pitcher, you know, can't execute and hit the spots, that's where you see a lot that's of damage. pointless, yeah. And you see them so, beat the shift. So it goes, it's a, it's a twofold thing. So, you know, um, you know, I honestly, I've had this conversation with guys and, you know, with the shift and I think it's, it's something that it, it's smart. You know, you're taking away from, you know, strength based on numbers, but now we got to, you know, also adjust to in-game factors as well. You know, is the guy swinging the bat, is the pitcher executing his pitches, you know, so different things like that. And I think the teams, that have a really good combination of, of using the analytics and having feel are the teams that you see, you know, do really well. And, you know, uh, kind of you kind of see that every year when, when you know, being an athlete takes over and, 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 and these guys, you know, do the things that they can do. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm not against the shift just because I think it's, hey, if you're going to hit a ground ball every single time, I'm going to play here every single time so until, you, until you adjust. Correct. I came... My fandom came from a time where guys named Gaylord Perry had 27 complete games, and Tom Seaver would win 22 games and complete another 22. And I just, my version of baseball has really changed. It doesn't exist anymore. And one of the things that drives me nuts, and now I'm going to talk to you like I'm going to pretend to be a coach for a second because I've coached the game too, is when the setup guy for the setup guy for the setup guy. I know that the data and the metrics shows a lot of things as to why you bring a guy in for two hitters and. I have an old school philosophy. It's that many more chances you have of somebody having dead arm, coming out, not looking sharp, and it gives you, the hitter, the opportunity to beat them to a pulp. And in two or three hitters, we've seen the scope of a game change like this. And all it takes is you bring in one pitcher you think is going to mitigate something, and the wheels come off the bus. Why aren't they hanging and letting pitchers go longer? Starters not going past five innings. It, it marvels me. Is it harder to hit in later innings now than it was? Because that's even morphed during your career. Like, it wasn't like this in 10 like it is now. Yeah, it's just, like I said, I think it's the combination of, you know, the teams that have the personnel to do it. You know, you see the really good teams, they can do that. They can go down to their bullpen, and, and it works like magic. It's like, all right, got this guy, got this guy, got this guy. But, you know, now you get the teams that, you know, are trying to do the same thing, but you just don't have the, you know, the players to do it. And I think that's just the name of the game. You know, the, the good teams, they're, they're able to do these things, and, I think the good managers take all this information they have and they do a really good job of saying, all right, I understand that we could bring this guy in, but, you know, I'm going to leave this guy in or, or whatnot. And, and you see that, you know, you see that. The Dodgers are a perfect example. I mean, Dave Roberts struggled through this for so many years. He kept taking this guy out two years in a row. He had no business taking him out early, but the metrics were showing him it was the right time to take him out. Meanwhile, the guy had gone four and two-thirds with one hit, and you're in a game seven. What are you doing taking this guy out of the game? He's humming. He's dealing. I, I, I think – the game's managed too much around metrics these days. Like, I, There's got to be a natural feel to the essence of the game that while it sounds archaic and it doesn't sound like it has a lot of backbone to it, but like if you're if you're dealing and you've got 11, you got 11 straight hitters, like you're not coming out of the game, bro. You're just getting started, you know, and I want to give you the rock every time we start a new inning. I want you on the mound. I want, I need you on the mound. I, I don't get a feeling managers manage like that anymore. They manage like a video game, and okay, this guy's better for this slot, and it's like a click and paste thing. And 
and I felt like it's lost a little bit of what it, what it is. I don't know if you, you're a big league player. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there there is. It's, it's a lot different, but like it's like anything. You know, you, you have to adapt and, ch and change with it. If not, you get you get left behind. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the games games evolved to where it is now. But, you know, everything goes in waves. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the next wave after this. Of what's going to be, you know, what what the game's going to come to? Is it going to get back more to the old school stuff where we're going to let you know? Lefties face, you know, uh, lefties or that one I understand. I just think in the middle of an inning, taking it out so that the lefty can face the lefty. Okay, so this righty maybe doesn't pitch well against lefties, but like he's allowed two hits in seven and a third. I know his arm might be done. So let him throw the guy. Like if it's five one game, don't take him out. Yeah. And I think I, like I anything, you, know, you watch guys like you said with Dave Roberts. You know, you, you watch guys look back on what they did and then kind of like adjust. You know, so I think you'll see a lot more of that going on and. You know, everyone's just looking for an edge. You know, everyone's just trying to figure out a way to, or how how can I win a World Series? How can I do di things differently? How can I think things outside the box? And like I said, the teams that are able to have a good combination of that with still, you know, playing baseball and just playing the game are the teams that do well. So, I think, uh, and you know, it comes down to talent. You know, it, you know, executing and stuff like that. And then it's like anything. The teams that don't execute, our teams aren't going to win, aren't, aren't going to go to the playoffs, and the teams that do are going to advance. Growing up, your three favorite ball players. Ooh, Ken Griffey Jr., Andrew Jones, and David Justice. Good old Dave Justice. A couple Braves in there. Yeah. yeah. Big Braves guy. I was a big uh, Braves guy. That was my we next question. We didn't get a question. team here until 93, so. Uh -huh. well, those are the, the Maddox, Avery, Schmoltiers. Yeah. Jeff Blauser, Sid Breen, Otis well, Nixon. I was, on, I was on that. Yeah. Pendleton Mark was on that team. Those are my right. guys. Uh, Sid Breen was my guy for years when I would want to hate on Barry Bonds. I was like, Barry Bonds couldn't even throw out Sid Breen at home. Ah. Like and then, <laughs> then uh, Ken Griffey Jr. baseball came out on Super Nintendo. Yes, remember that? I remember that. I remember that. That was a classic. You remember that, young buck? He <laughs> <laughs> looked it up. He looked it up. Yeah, just now. I was you Googled it, right? Yeah. yeah. Coaching in the uh, future for you? I mean, we still got a lot of ball games. I think so. Play, I so. think so. I think it's something that I've always been attracted to, you know. But um, I take it one day at a time, but it's definitely something I've thought about. A lot of baseball to play. I just knew you yeah. to ask that question. So, uh, like no, but that's something I definitely – I like to think about the future, and I, I definitely see myself having a role within baseball. Just not sure what, but, you know, I'm definitely open to it. When we come back – I know the break schedule's off a little bit. When we come back, I want to know why you chose UM. Um, we are big UM advocates here. I mean, you saw the you welcome when you walk in, and um, – so I'm curious as to, like, you probably could have played at other places, and obviously the UM is rich in baseball tradition, but I want to know what went into the mindset of that, guys that you played with, what that experience was like. That's before the big leagues for you. And I love that you're able to just peel it back and tell us everything. And I don't know, is he allowed to enjoy? I don't know, he might be on a strict major league pre-spring training diet, but there's some uh, chocolate fudge muffins that are going to be. <laughs> I'm all right, friend. Oh, thanks. You see, I told you he wasn't going to eat it. He's strict. I told you. I'd say he's not going to have that. It's that yoga. It's that yoga. Mm -hmm. It's he's a lifestyle, right? man. It's a lifestyle. lifestyle. That's what yeah. it is. I, d I do eat stuff, but right now. It's right, not it's the not time the time right now. I told you. I said I'm going to save it for another day. Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> he's going to take it in a bag. Yeah. I told you. My I'm sure my daughters will enjoy it later. There, there you go. Maybe you have a, you have a, I have Ziploc bags. You can send it. Perfect. Thank you, though. We come back on the other side. We'll talk about John Jay at UM when he played ball there before he became the big leaguer he is today. We're so happy to have him in studio. Hannah, you know you might be allowed to ask him a question. I know you don't know baseball. I'm thinking. But now we're going to kind of move away from baseball. <laughs> we're going to have fun loving Miami fun for the rest <laughs> of his time here. You, you know, Ed, you're allowed to talk into the microphone, too. I know I talk a lot. 
It's all good. The students, I don't. Idania, do you have a question for him that you can ask him on the other side? Idania's not even there. Idania's computer died. She just texted me. Okay, so she'll be all right. I'm proud of you, old man. I'm surprised you haven't criticized the bat flip, though. Why would I criticize his bat flip? No, not his bat flip. <laughs> Overall bat flips. You hate the bat flip. The bat, bat flips are the best thing in baseball right now. Bat flips are the worst thing in baseball. They start Amazing. fights, and they're ridiculous. You have to act like you've hit a home run before. It's not like you won the lottery or you hit a half-court shot to win $10,000. You're a freaking big league player. If you hit a home run, that means you've done it before at some capacity, even if you're a little small runt like me. <laughs> Why are you going to flip the damn back to tell everybody you hit a home run? That's what you're supposed to do. Hey, to be fair, even LeBron celebrated after a fan hit a $10,000 shot. So Yeah, and that's fine. That's the fan who's not supposed to hit a half-court shot. But if Steph Curry hits it, what is he supposed to do? Go crazy? Only if he wins the game. But a home, like, listen. We'll get it. That's a perfect segue. But Bautista did he's banging the game. He's banging. So I don't know if he agrees with me or he disagrees with me. No, I don't want to talk about it. That means he likes the bat flip. I don't know. No, I don't like the bat flip. Everything changes. I don't like a lot of stuff, but what am I going to do? That's what he tells me, and I have to deal with it. You get left behind if you don't. I deal with it. Not I'm home. John, you know what they do? They do the bat flip. I go, she see me at home. I go crazy. Hey, mira la randoso este, Dios mío. I want the pate, coño. I go crazy. I can't stand it. So he makes fun of me about that. So we won't talk bad for him. He's the boss today, all right? Bad flips on the other side. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. This is Jarvis Landry, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Uh, we're having a good time in studio. John Jay in the crib hanging with us in the 3000. Good Morning Amigo. Yeah, I've nicknamed this place the 3000. It's right around 3000 square feet every nook and cranny of this place. It's pretty big. Um, not like any studio I've ever worked at before. It's... I could call it home almost. Got a couch. Just need a bathroom closer and a shower, right? I have the kitchenette and I, I'm good. We're self-sufficient. You don't drink coffee, do you? I did drink coffee, yeah. So if he makes you a Cuban coffee, you're down. Absolutely. Ooh, maybe we got to go to Hlofo on this one, though, Frank. Yeah, let's do that. All right, we'll go to Hlofo. They've never now. offered me Cuban yeah, coffee, I'm by the way. For real. So you're not John Jay. Yeah, they're too young. You're yeah, too young. You're too young. Uh, he's, you're not John Jay. No, it's okay. So, on it, you never heard this thing on Twitter. Like, you never saw it. What's this amigo guy? Why are they always making fun of him? You never know. You commented once. Like, you made a joke. Maybe, I, maybe I did. I, I'm always active, but. So, the sports director, Will Manso at Local 10, and sports editor, a guy named by David Lang, who plays back up to them on TV, right. and he also. He's kind of their producer. Um, they have forever, and Andy Slater, radio host locally, have forever in a day just made fun of me about what I thought of you. I did a show back with, in like 2009 with Andy Slater, and that's where it all started because I used to tell him, this kid out of UM, wait, you'll see. He's going to be a great big leaguer. He used to have a sound they made fun of me about before. Like, you, like oh, he's going to be a great big leaguer. You'll see. He has all the tools. And they, they, you talk about it like he's Barry Bonds, and they would make fun of me all the time. And the more they did it, the more I was like, leave me alone, bro. That's my guy, bro. And then, so then it became John Jay's my guy. And there was, every time you did something, then they would tweet at me, look what your guy did. Right. And it became, it's become a running joke. Like I said, she's heard it for years. Um, but you really are, and I'm not saying this to kiss your ass or anything, but you really are one of my favorite baseball players. I, I enjoy watching you play. Uh, getting an opportunity to speak to your dad was amazing. 
uh, it was one of the more memorable interviews I've ever had. Um, but more importantly, man, it's just knowing how you came up and getting to UM was a big deal for me and my fandom of you. What went into that decision? You know, some people say, man, they're the only school that asked me to go play. Like, I don't know. I would think coming out of Columbus, you had several schools knocking on the door. Um, I don't want to say why UM because I sort of know, but why UM? That was the easiest decision I ever had to make in my life. You know, as soon as, uh, so after my junior year, um, UM contacted me as soon as they could. I think it was July 1st. And, you know, they said, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship. And oh, that's it? That's it. It was done. <laughs> it was a done deal. Um, Amanda, you same, same day, day, same day shipping. Baseball, Amanda. Hmm? Same day shipping. <laughs> same day. You know, I growing up in Miami, you know, that's all I ever wanted. You know, when we, we talked about earlier about, you know, when did you realize you're going to be a big league and all that. Like, I never wanted anything. Like, big leagues was Miami for me. Like, playing baseball in Miami was, for me, like, my biggest goal ever. Like, I said, if I could do this, like, my life is complete. Uh, I, went, I grew up going to Ron Frazier baseball camp, went to Jim Morris baseball camp in high school and all that. So, you know, I was just a fan of, of the program. I grew up at the light, you know, having having my milkshakes and and chicken tenders at the field and walking over to Sunset Place after that to catch a movie. So that was that was kind of like, you know, my middle school, high school routine right there. And so it's funny that you say that because a long time before that, the Miami Hurricanes were the big league team in Miami. They were. Like, before the Marlins, not because the Marlins were here. No, it's because there was more talent on that field at Mark Light than there actually was at Joe Robbie Stadium. Yeah, it, it's, been, it's been fun to, to, you know, to see that. And, you know, like I said, growing up, seeing all that. And, um, you know, being a cane for me was, was everything, like I said. So, you know, coming out of Columbus, um, and it's a little bit different back then than it was now. You know, now you have kids committing as eighth graders, freshmen in high school, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I kind of laugh, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy to me, you know. And but, they um, got you, for your time, they got you early. They got you right yeah, day right, one. That's, that's right. not usually people were yeah, making that's right when it can happen. But it's funny. I remember a lot of people, you know, I had people telling me, you know, why are you going to go to UIM when you're not going to play? You know, just different things that, you know, wasn't any other business. So, you know, I've always used that as motivation. And I think at the time I did commit to UIM, there were, you know, three, four guys that were supposed to be junior outfielders, you know, a couple more sophomores, whatever the case may be. But... You know, I just knew that that's where I wanted to be, and I didn't care if I had the red shirt my freshman year. This is where I wanted to be, and, you know, there was no one that was going to, you know, sway me from that decision. The other thing that drives me is when a ball player puts on their mind. You know, you talk about baseball being a team sport, right, Frank? Gosh, it couldn't be more of an individual thing. It, it has to, like, reek of the same type of preparations a golfer or a tennis player does. Because, yeah, you have a team, do your long toss with your players. Outfielders, they do certain things. Infielders do certain things. You take BP. But at the end of the day, it's about your personal preparation, mental and physical. The relationship with your bat and hitting that baseball doesn't, I mean, yeah, you might have to worry about a guy on second, it's a team sport, but that's a one-on-one -on -one thing. And you're playing left field. I know they taught me, what do, what do I do if the ball's hit to me? And then I've talked to the ball players, and they all do the same thing. They think before that play, if the ball's hit to me, I go where? Pre-pitch checklist, I used to call it. Right. I would do a pre-pitch and then to do pre-hitter as well because then the scenario would change. Okay, now there's a guy second on this is what I got to do. And I played infield most of my life. Um, all that reeks of preparing for an individual sport, an Olympic sport. How does it, to me, it's the most difficult transition to do that and then realize that you're playing with 25 guys that all play a role on your team. Um, when did it stop being individual for you and start being about the team? Because you are the consummate team player. Um, 
with all the talent that you have, I imagine through high school, you're always one of the best players and the best player on your team. At some point, you had to realize it was about having a lot of best players on a team to have that success. When, when did, that, did that turn on at UM, or was that more when you were in the big leagues? No, I think I realized that when I was really young. You know, really? Uh, yeah. I think growing up down here, we had you know, the Boys and Girls Club. You can go watch a game there. You know, in that time, a 13-year-old game, 14-year-old, 12-year-old game, and you know, guys are turning double plays, hitting the cut. I mean, it was just you know, a lot of pure, really good baseball going on at, at a young age. And, you know, you kind of realize at that time is, you know, yeah, you can have one good player, but it takes the whole the whole village, you know, type of thing. So I learned that early on. And then going to Columbus, it was it was the same thing. You know, I ended up at Columbus not knowing anything about them, you know, being a traditionally baseball school. I, I went there, um, you know, I went to Sunset Elementary, then I went to Carver. And, you know, the traditional right was to go to Gables or Coral Reef and do the IB program. But I ended up at Columbus and then once I got there, it's when I kind of just saw how competitive baseball was there and all that. And then I just started seeing, you know, that pressure. And I liked that pressure of being at Columbus and everyone, you know, not liking you and everyone wanted to beat you all the time and, and all that. And I, I kind of liked being that, you know, playing that role where, you know, teams came in and they're like, oh, we have to beat these guys and they're going to give you their A game every day. So, you know, learning young where we had so much talent, you know, we had guys and it's, you know, it's no secret in Columbus, a lot of guys transfer out and just different things happen. And, you know, when I look at the, the talent of my freshman team, we had a lot of guys transfer out and started, you know, at schools all over Dade County sophomore year. So, you know, learning that it didn't matter how talented we were, but as long as we all got along and, and played together, you know, that's the only way to really come on top. And, and something I think that has always been on my mind was, you know, yeah, I can be good as an individual, that's cool. But, you know, when the team wins is when really, really everybody wins. And, you know, throughout my career, you know, being associated with Columbus and being associated with UM and, you know, same way with St. Louis and winning there and, you know, the Cubs and going to the playoffs. So, you know, I like to be associated to winning with, with, with you know, the whole team. And it's something that I kind of learned early on, you know. So that started before. And I think that's what always helped me out, you know, going through high school and then college and, you know, my career in Pro Bowl. He's a Yankee. You see that, Frank? Everything that, he, that sounded like a Yankee to me. He's going to finish his career and make me a happy man. By retiring a Yankee, just like Derek Jeter did. He's, eso de la He's a Yankee. That guy talks like a Yankee. Are you kidding me? Look at him. He talks like a Yankee. Everything's been heritage. You went to Columbus. What more heritage do you get in South Florida baseball in Columbus? He goes to UM. Are you kidding me? I used to do the Ron Fraser camps. The guy's been all over. Everything heritage. What's his favorite place of sports? The old girl. That's what he used to. Because Wrigley reminds him of the Oh, yeah, Wrigley. That's going to hit you in your buttons. <laughs> this guy's a heritage guy. Understands the tradition in Chicago and yet played in St. Louis for six. Come on, bro. This guy's a Yankee. He understands it. Mm -mm. He's coming home. That's what he's doing. He's going to come home. I promise. That's what he's going to do. You'll see. <laughs> Fight I'll, the demons. I'll convince him. You'll see. Uh, John, the mindset is fantastic. Uh, it's one that not a lot of ballplayers have. Um, and I think it's evident that your success kind of thrives through that. You acknowledge something early on. And you went with it. Um, I think you have a lot to offer in other areas. Um, I think that you're a breath of fresh air. I think our students, if they were here, would gain a lot more. I wanted to bring you in. Is that just? I've been dying to have you on with us. Um, but I think that you you exude a certain confidence, and you exude. Remember, we were talking about Bredo, Frank, earlier in the show. How he just seems like everything's just like John is the same way. Like I'm getting the exact same impression from John. Like is everything's cool. Baseball, it's a baseball. I try to be, I try to be as much as I can. Well, it's not all like that. But. It's like, no, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, whatever. We always say when we grow up, we want to be like Ray Bredo. Um, not a care in the world. The guy walks like, 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 
like I don't know, like it, like it's waves of water. Everything's just nice and cool and calm. And sometimes you're like, how do people can just be chill like that? You, I, it has to be that yoga. I'm convinced it's that yoga. You're gonna you're gonna tell me a little bit so about I'll, that yoga. I'll, I'll, share, I'll share some secrets. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to do that yoga. You have time for another segment? or You got to ride. Let's do it. All right, we'll come back on the other side. John Jay in studio with us, we're having a good time. Hannah, if you don't speak, he won't speak to you. <laughs> okay? I know we're talking sports. Change the subject. Tell me, Milian, shut up. My turn. Yeah, they didn't do it. Okay, I got it. On the other side, you promise? You like shoes? What do you like? Hannah has questions on the other side. You'll see. I have questions. Right. She has questions. She has South. What? She likes Drake. Oh, yeah, she likes Drake. Oh, there you go. You can ask him, Drake or the Drake. Beatles, right? I've been to every Drake concert. Uh-oh. Really? I might lose that Did argument. I? Don't do it. Oh, you open the can of worms. Oh, boy. You open the can I of love Drake. For you. I love Drake, but I can't put Drake. I mean, he walks the Beatles down Abbey Road on his, that's his tattoo. But let's, yeah, we had an argument here a few weeks ago about the Beatles and Drake. I got a little upset. A little. Well, you just can't compare those two things. It's got more views, no? <laughs> I'm going to be quiet uh, Yeah, we'll be back on the other side In fact, we're not going to talk about Drake Because I'm going to lose that argument Because you know I can't argue with my favorite baseball player, right? Think about it, Frank As far as active players are concerned Right? I've always talked about Javi Baez That's my just guy Just because I, I love the way he plays that echo With that cheap pie everything. My favorite player is a date he gets the guy out, he tags him, and he's pointing, pointing at the catcher. At that's oh, smooth. That, I mean, that's talk about being that's, in the world that's, baseball. That's, pointed that's at Yadi right there. He was pointing before he even caught him. Pointing at Yadi here. Yeah. That's, that's he beautiful. Got, he plays with a swag. That, that's, that's, he's alone. Can't teach that. Yeah. yeah that's just, that's, by, I love being here. He's by himself there. There's nobody with him. I'm sure he's just a lot of fun to be around. Yeah. So, and then who else? Who else do you acknowledge other than him? Well, like baseball-wise, yeah. I mean, I can start naming some Cubs because I'm a big-time Cubs. No, no, me. Yeah. Oh, I don't have any favorite players. Start naming Yankees. No, not even because I get pissed at Giancarlo and 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 well, I like Aaron Judge, but I don't like him as much as I like this guy here. You gotta be kidding me. I think he's officially he's my favorite ball player. Is that cool to say or is that weird? That's weird. All right, I won't say it then. <laughs> Look what I found. A radio. Radio. This. It's Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. What do you have in your gym playlist? Because, like, I'm pretty sure the artist you jam to in your car is different to what you have in your gym playlist. So I'm curious to know, like, what gets you pumped? What do you work out to? Who do you work out to? Um, I think um, I'm all around the same. The same artist? The you same have artist. The same, the same three. The same three. The same three, yeah. Or I have, I have, I have like, a good little Miami playlist I put, too, that has some, like, Rick Ross. Ah. Well. See, okay, I, I do that at the gym too. I, I throw in a little bit of Rick Ross, a little bit of Trick Daddy, some Lil like Wayne, the, the you know the Miami. Yeah, I got a little yeah. So I, I and I like to switch it up too. Like I have my Pandora where I can uh, you know put just different artists and stuff like that. So I put gotcha, gotcha. you know Drake radio, Jay Z radio, and then it'll play different songs along those lines and stuff like that. So gotcha, yeah. I'm around the same when it comes to that one, working out and stuff like that. So nice. I'm having a hard time with my cupcake. Can I have the spoon, you're please? Good, you're good. So that's all you ask him about his damn playlist? Why are you so bougie? Why do you need a spoon to eat a cupcake? Well, because my daughter can't make this without it oozing with fudge. <laughs> that's the best part. 
And as far as you said, um, the yoga, do you have like a morning routine you do quickly before you start your day at all? Uh, yeah, do that that's at a the good end question. So I have a couple different options. I got a couple. I'm subscribed to a couple different online classes where I can kind of pick and choose different different uh, programs. Then I also have teachers locally that I can uh, that I use. I, I can uh, do private lessons or or I like going to the studio as well. I usually go to Casa Vinyasa studio. Nice. But this year with everything going on, I haven't been doing that as much. Yeah, of course. Um, but that's usually kind of my routine and then I can just pick and choose where I am. But the cool thing now is, you know, everything's on your, your phone where I can have, you know, um, a playlist on my phone that I can be at the beach or I can, you know, be wherever I am and I can get a good little session in for sure. And that has helped you mentally with your peace and like as far as like this crazy world that we live in, like you just, you chill. Yeah, it's one of the things that helps, you know. Uh, it, um, you know, I have two young daughters that are four, twin twin girls. Oh, that's nice. I'm so a twin too, by the way. Nice. With a boy. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. So, you know, uh, just trying to find different ways of, you know, just getting getting uh, some some peace. But yoga definitely just, you know, just lets me be calm and, and quiet. And, you know, I try to, you know, also like I, I try not to, you know, watch the news. <laughs> I think that plays a really big part. Yeah, you know, just sure. stay stay out of everything. It's been funny, like even like sports. Like I love sports, and you know, but I like I don't watch the NFL as much, the NBA. There's as a much. lot of gossip going on lately. Well, just a lot of yeah, just a lot of stuff. And then, like I said, you know, I have my girls, and you know, I like to be outdoors, especially when I'm home. I like to enjoy riding bike. I like to go paddleboarding. I like to do just different things, enjoying you know the, the three months I get to, to spend down here. So the beach is your friend. The beach is my best friend. That is, uh, I love the beach. So it's that's the best thing about Miami, huh? Yeah, that's the thing, and I think it's something that uh, you know we could take advantage of more. You know, I agree. I they don't have that in St. Louis. <laughs> they don't got that in St. Louis. <laughs> I like getting out there early in the morning sometimes, and uh, you know, I, I like to get up early before, um, you know, so I can kind of do a workout, do some stuff, and then be there when the girls wake up and kind of help with that, and then you know, go do stuff when they go to school, or whatever. So uh, the beach is definitely my best friend, though. John, is there anything pre-game routine-wise that you have to do before you start playing? Um, that's a good that's one. A, that's a that's a good. I'm not very superstitious, you know. But so you uh, step on the white lines? Nah, I don't care about it. Oh. I mean, I, I actually I hop over them because I like to jump. So but, you? Oh, I was gonna say. But if I do the happen to step on the white line, it's not a big deal to me. But um, I think the biggest thing is is a kind of an everyday checklist is, you know, I really like the contrast, which is. Getting in the hot tub and the cold tub, I think that does, you know, it's another thing we talk about with yoga that I like to do. So I, I like to do that during the season for sure. I like to spend at least 20 minutes just stretching and just, you know, kind of getting my mindset for the day. Um, I definitely have to go to the batting cage every single day where I'll do my routine. I'll do some front toss, and I enjoy hitting. Um, I like hitting off the machine before every game. So I'll do that, and then uh, definitely, you know, I go out for batting practice, and I'll shag. I'll shag whatever position I'm playing that night. And if I'm not playing, then that's when I'm going to really go to work and, you know, I'll shag all three positions. I'll take ground balls in the infield. I'll kind of just, you know, walk around and do different things. But all those things are things that, that are going to occur for me to, you know, go out there and feel confident in, in the game. I don't think there's any coincidence that <clears throat> ball players, and this is probably a generalization I shouldn't dabble in, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with it nonetheless. They're very, we're talking about Bredo and his walk and the Ball players approach things in life much differently than other athletes. And if it's a bad generalization, then I apologize. Unless you're like just a raging maniac, ball players tend to be laid back, family guys. Like when they play, ah! and then when it comes to that moment where they got three months off, it's all about their family, it's all about their kids, it's all about the mental state, because it's all about hitting a baseball that's traveling 97 miles an hour, and you've got to hit it successfully three out of ten times. 
to make a lot of money in this business. And I just think the mindset towards that sport lends towards some even-keeled mental guys that that get what life is, understand that you can't build Rome in a day and you can't mm. fix all the problems in that same day too, um, and happen to know more or less how to hit a curve and, and, and how to move a guy from first to third in late innings. It, that game to me is the most perfect game and the most perfect representation of how you can live your life. Just Very like a baseball game. Meticulous. It's it's uh and that's you hit a you hit a great, great point. And you know, when you compare it to other sports and other professions, other things, it's like, you know, baseball we play hundred and sixty two games in hundred and eighty days. So you don't have time to kind of and you've heard me talk a lot today of how I live in the moment one day at a time. You don't have time to reflect and say, Oh, I went three for four tonight, yeah, cool. You know, you have a game in sixteen hours and you gotta come yeah. perform again. And again and again, so you know, mentally you never really have that time to just really let loose and and really just you know let it go. So we, you know, we kind of train ourselves, and we kind of you know you have to just have this certain mindset of you know um, you know a lot of things may be happening, but you know you have to stay so focused. And I always say you know we don't get sick days, we don't get a day to say oh I'm tired or you know um, and we all go through it. You know you have things going on behind the scenes, and you know you got to show up and work. You know and and that's one of those things where. I think it leads to that kind of even keel where, you know, guys really have to be that way. And it can't be all raw, raw all the time because, you know, you're going to burn yourself out. And I think that's the cool thing with baseball is where, you know, yeah, you have to be talented. But, you know, a lot of it is, like we talked about today, how you handle the mental aspect of it, how you yeah. control your emotions, how you handle yourself on a, on a daily basis. I know you've got to run. Um, I appreciate you coming in. I hope we can get you back in soon. Um, I know this pandemic has us dastardly and whatnot, but but certainly I think you offer a lot of positivity for our students, which, by the way, the ones that are now on the Zoom, where are they, Larry? Bad boy. There they are. Got to let them all in. Let them at least get a peek at the ball player that's in studio with us today, the one and only John Jay. Um, I appreciate you coming in. Let's try to do this again because I got to be honest with you. We, we love having folks in studio. And we generally have a good time, right? Yeah. Um, but this time, I think we really had the time of our lives. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yo, Sway Calloway, Sway in the Morning, world famous Wake Up Show MTV. We worldwide. Welcome to Slam Radio. This is where they get busy. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Has pardoned everybody and his grandmother. Dude, he pardoned little Wayne for crying out loud. Are we are we for real here? We're going We're for right. real here. We're this for man real has here. Pardoned little Wayne. He went out hard. He's going out. He's going out with a so, bank. So the it, 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 they're calling it a raft of eleventh hour pardons and commutations. A batch of seventy-three pardons and seventy commutations issued in the final hours of his presidency. Oh my God, this guy's crazy. He obviously pardoned Steve Bannon. You knew that was going to happen. Um, <laughs> 143 Lil Wayne, people. Lil Wayne received the pardon after pleading guilty to a gun possession charge in Miami. Kodak Black received the commutation after he pleaded guilty oh, to yeah. a weapons charge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But here's where it gets good. Trump also offered clemency to Paul Erickson, a conservative political operative and ex-boyfriend of alleged Russian spy Maria Butina. This guy's giving clemency to freaking people who are associated with Russian spies. 
I'm an institution. Butina pleaded guilty to wire fraud and money laundering charges. Robin Hayes, a North Carolina political donor convicted of trying to bribe officials, now pardoned. Former Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick convicted of federal charges, including racketeering, extortion, and filing of false tax returns. Exonerated. William Walters, a professional sports gambler, convicted of insider training. He has been pardoned. So many. That's a long list. Man. Oh, the list is long and no, distinguished. The hate's going to roll through. I'm just excited about Kodak. That's my dude. There you go. Bob Zangrillo, the Miami developer and venture capitalist who was charged in the Varsity Blues College admission Blink. scandal, uh, also received the pardon. None of the other parents caught up in the probe were pardoned. The move here would have been to pardon the actresses, but they had already served their sentences. It was too late. That's true. he let Everybody ride. I love how he waited till the last day. Oh yeah, he's been playing. I didn't this. think I had heard that he, you know, it he was gonna happen, but I was like, nah. this latest impeachment put a damper on pardoning himself, his kids, and his personal lawyer. And those aren't expected to happen, and didn't. Which means, do you think President Trump's gonna get arrested for something he did wrong? What did he do wrong? What didn't he do wrong? He, I mean, there's a couple of things there that might end up. I mean, arrested, maybe not, but backlash, like. Well, backlash, that's that's the story of his life. People just bashing him in, yeah, probably. I don't think arrested, maybe fined, but he's been fined before, right? A fine fine is nothing for him. He could spit a fine. Yeah, that's true. Not as rich as you think, bro. Yeah, he is, bro. No, he's not. He really isn't. What do you got? More money than me, but that, that anybody has more money than me. Source said Trump also resonated with cases in which individuals who went to trial got significantly more prison time than co-defendants who cooperated with law enforcement. Source says that he he like he doesn't like it when people get screwed just because they go to trial. Bro, Trump's worth three point one billion dollars with a B. Billion. That's what he's worth. Yeah, that's not everything. That's not even what he out. has. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know how many offshore accounts there are? Oh yikes. Ouch. Allegedly. So. By the way, Casey Erlacher was also pardoned in that list. Uh, brother of Brian Erlacher, former Chicago Bear. Uh, he had pleaded not guilty to federal charges alleging that he was part of an offshore sports gambling business. So a question, right? When you're pardoned, does that mean you're charged? That's it. That's it. Bye. That's Get it. out. Bye. See ya. You're like good. that. Look. Give him the back and keep it pushing. Oh, it's a party. So $5 billion is a lot, <laughs> it's a party. considering Kylie's worth a bill. <clears throat> Kylie Jenner's worth a billion dollars. Are you kidding me? She hasn't done anything. What do you mean she's worth a billion dollars? She's yeah, worth a billion she dollars. Worth she's, billion. she's the most she's successful out of all of them. Her businesses. Anything. Are you kidding me? Her business is much more successful than anybody else's in that family. All right. She's 100. Like, it's crazy how... Do you not get a microphone anymore? Why do you come here? Why is a program director here? Because she's here to overlook us to make sure we're doing our job. No, she's here to freaking monitor the damn cupcakes that she makes. <laughs> why don't you have a? Why are you even here? Why did you come bother me today if you don't even have a, a, a microphone? Scolded. Dear God. Scolded. Can we talk about how we eat cupcakes? Well, we have discovered, we meaning Hannah taught us, and this our students can embrace. Guys, do you guys enjoy eating cupcakes? Gonna interrupt the nothing that you're doing now, so at least you can talk on my show for a <laughs> minute. What? what? What was that? 
Do you guys like cupcakes? <laughs> I can't hear them, Frank. I'm sorry. Because they're not talking. Oh, I thought they were saying something. No. Damn, you think cupcakes would be a good question? Alba, you oh. like cupcakes? You can't. No, you can't go wrong with vanilla cupcakes. But they have to be vanilla, though. Yes. Chocolate a little bit too much. And yes. Like the frosting on top, right? Like these. Show me. Show me. No, I don't think it. Oh, let's just see. Wow. That's fire, right? And when was my invitation? You know, like when does that part come in? The struggles in? of I our lives. I don't know. The struggles of our lives. What I was thinking. They took the. Oh, really? So my question is: We discovered. We didn't discover crap. I mean, Hannah taught us a way to eat that cupcake that's a not messy and b makes you want more. You ready for this album? Let me hear it. So you take the cupcake out of its wrapper. You with me so far? Of course. Okay, so you. you gently rip the bottom off. Gently so it doesn't discombobulate. The bottom off. Where there's enough cake to hold the frosting. And you take a two-thirds portion of the bottom part. Take it. And then you put it on top of the frosting. And you eat it like a Big Mac. Ladies and gentlemen, life-altering event. Oh, yes. Oh, it hits what? different. Like she doesn't even have it. words. It hits different. It's not, it's not even... I have no words to describe how my life has changed. I'm going to have to do extra cardio and extra exercise to warrant the now addition of cupcakes in my life because I can eat them like a Big Mac. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Isn't the biggest problem with a cupcake you eat and it gets on your nose and it gets all over your face? Dude, it's, it's a cupcake sandwich, bro. Are you kidding me? It's it's I'm I'm in heaven. Oh my god. I I have I want you to try it next time. I really next time you get around a cupcake with frosting on top, I want you to think of Milian, I want you to think of Hannah cuz I can't steal this from Hannah. This is Hannah's doing. This is Hannah's recipe to cupcakes. Rip the bottom, put it on top, have your Big Mac, bro. This is just it's lights out. So my life is different. I I've changed. I'm a new man, Frank. We're going to have to go shopping again. Yeah, I might have to get the bigger size. <laughs> yeah, the ones over here ones are fine. Well, did you give those a good year, a goodwill already? All my big ones? Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna be eating cupcakes. Your parachutes? You know, you know better than that. You know a lot better than those that. Those are parachutes. No, those parachutes are gone. <laughs> little by little, I've been getting rid of them. And I got rid of a few more yesterday. Sending too. them to the military. Just sending them anywhere because they're not around me. They're seven sizes too big. No, thank you. We got another segment to do before we say goodbye, right, Frank? Facts. Did you enjoy John Jay today? Yeah, he was fun. I'm going to have him be guest DJ. Let's see if he's up for that challenge. I'm going to text him right now. See, what I'm understanding from this is that you need to stay away from Hannah because she's going to get she's going to continue bringing these life hacks to you and you're just going to You're going to have to go, go find crazy. those pants. Again. Whoa there. Whoa there. Well, Hannah brings good juju to I'm the not show. Not going anywhere. <laughs> So Amigo's life is going to totally change because he's going to feel that everything he's done for the last 52 years, he's done it wrong. I have. You don't think I, I have? came with a purpose. Yeah. That's a change. And now it's to show you how to eat cupcakes. How to eat cupcakes. Yeah, <laughs> how to eat cupcakes. <laughs> Her time is done. <laughs> mission, ac <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> I'm texting John Jay. I have to think about a few other hacks that I have for you. I might have a few. Because I'm weird like that. Hacks. You could, if Can you, you could just think you of them off hacks? your head like that. What do you mean other hacks? What does that mean? Like, that's not the only hack that that's I have. That's called a hack. Is that what they call it? A life hack. Yeah, a life hack. 
like a hack, like in a video yeah, game, Frank, like Frank cheating. Re- refer to that. As TikTok's good for those. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that there was a hack. term called a life hack. Oh yeah, most definitely life hacks. Things that you do that you use in everyday life that you kind of use to your advantage. For example, I'm just thinking of something really dumb, but um, when you open a can of soda, mm-hmm. and like I think you flip the. Oh yeah. You flip the tab. You flip the tab. You put like a straw through it. You do realize that's why they invented that, right? You 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 are aware (laughs) (laughs) that the invention of that before the can a straw. Listen, the can before you had a tip. Frank, you might not be old enough to remember this, but you had a tip, and you would peel it off. They still had cans at that time. Yeah, and and (laughs) there was your opening, but with your opening, it was just open. You didn't have any. So now the way a can is now, you go click and then you put it back. But if you fold it forward, you see those two holes. That's built that way so you can put your straw, and then when you fold it back up a little bit, guess what doesn't move? Your straw. Your straw. You know how straw kind of flows to the top of your drink? Mm-hmm. This keeps your straw in place, and you can drink it with this straw out of the can. I have another one for you. Not really a life hack, I guess, huh? We're going to find some life hacks. Yeah. What's another one? Okay, so you know when you go to eat fast food, you have a soda, mm-hmm. and the soda has a straw. Yes. And then let's say you're eating chicken nuggets or whatever. You mm-hmm. open the box up, and in the middle of the opening... Yes. Like crease, whatever. There's a little like wequito. So you put your straw through it, and your your nuggets I are perfectly sitting on top I of your soda. I did not know that. Like so this. you have your soda, and then so then like you the you get your nuggets they, and you drink. So you're right you're here. And, and the way they used to do it with the the way they used to do the McDonald's uh the I remember for a little bit they were do, the chicken nugget boxes had a little fold in the, the back, nugget. and you could put yeah, a sauce, sauce in the a back. Sauces. I remember oh, yeah, those. Yeah. But then I want to think that that thing with the straw, that's done on purpose too, right? That's No, that's, I don't think so. It's what you're saying. That's done on purpose. I think it's done on purpose. Like I think it's done with that, but that's funny. I never knew that. I saw it on TikTok, and people go to Chick-fil-A, and they're like, you're never going to eat it. Like, yeah, like Another so, way. Like, you just put the yeah, because imagine you have it here, you have the drink, you got to pull the drink. It's like those to-go cups that KFC does. Everything's there. Everything's there. Everything's there. You don't Everything's have to move your head. I see the logic behind it. That's pretty a good cool, one. So, cool. so another life fact that I that I know of is that the box of um, of trash bags, right? Instead of just putting one trash bag, bending over, pulling it out, then putting another one in, you take the roll and you put it on the bottom. So when you're finished with one and you pull it up, the other one comes out, you rip it, and now you just put that one in place. Uh, that one doesn't work like that. What do you mean it doesn't work like that? Of course it works like that. That's it's like smarter, in Publix. When yeah. you rip one of the bags and you open it up, the next one you pull it out is already partially open because the person before it opened it up with a rip. It's like the tissue kind of thing. You pull the yeah, tissue and the next see. tissue comes up. So this way you don't have to bend over every single time to go ahead and grab it. You just pull it out, you rip, and you just relit it. And you keep rolling. You yeah, what? but then how are you going to open the bag? Because you know how when you get a bag, you have to like do like wang it up in the air so that you know it can open. No, Spanish people do that because they're, Spanish people do that because they're extra. But as soon as you start throwing garbage into the bag, the bag will open. Yeah, but it pulls the bag off the where you've wrapped it around. No. Unless you like tie it down. If you do the... And you put some air in there, it sits nice and. So we lush. have a we have a guest. We I think we have a guest DJ. I think he's going to accept the offer. Oh, I think he's going to accept the offer. Let's see. I'm I'm waiting on it. He really wanted to do it. He's he pointed at. See what gets fun about that is that his 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 buddies on the on the Diamondbacks are not going to watch and listen, and now it becomes fun. <laughs> and then we can adopt the Arizona Diamondbacks. No, so you can adopt the Arizona. I'm going to I'll adopt them. You I'm know what? I'm still a cubby till I die. Dude, these, these teams change so often. A few years ago, I went to a game because a bunch of the guys had great last names to heckle. <laughs> so I went to the roster while I was talking to him to tell him about some of his teammates that had heckled. They're, none of them are there. Oh, Wings is gone? Oh, I think he might still be there. I did heckle him, didn't I? I were you there? 
Were you there that they heckled? No, you weren't no, there. I heckled him. That's the one that you heard it all over the stadium. Something lamb. Oh, yeah. The greatest shoot, the greatest name combination on any team ever. I think I want to say it was the Cardinals. It was Descalso and Schumacher. So Descalso used to play on this Arizona team because I used to say, "Who the hell's name is Mr. Barefoot Pata Sucia?" <laughs> I remember. And he was playing with Schumacher at one time. That's funny. And I remember my dad making a joke. It like burned into my head. I must have been like nine. That's better than Kevin Love and Rudy Gay. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's fantastic. I never uh, never put those two together. Yep. Hey, I'm looking up the top Americans by net worth. <laughs> so I want you to understand that when your net worth is $5 billion, it doesn't put you in the top 25. So guys like Phil Knight from Nike, the, uh, the Koch brothers or the Koch brothers or whatever they're called, the Koch brothers. The who's? Oh, who? Gang? <laughs> 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 yes, I did that on purpose. I'm an idiot. I love messing with people like that, but I excuse forget, me. I forget sometimes. I can't always do that. Yes, the Koch brothers are the guys that donate a lot of money to politics, particularly like to guys like Marco Rubio. So that those guys, those guys, uh, and it's actually it's Charles and Julia Koch, uh, forty-five billion dollar net worth. Yikes. That's nine wow. times Trump's net worth. That's crazy. What do you do with all that money? Owners of Walmart combined have a net worth of $132 billion. Jesus. Warren Buffett, $87 billion. Bill Gates, $129 billion. Now the big man himself. Where's Bezos? Oh, you know where Bezos is. He's only yeah. under one guy, and they're back and forth. Nip and Tuck is Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. That tequila's was pushing him over. Be Bezos, <laughs> Bezos is going to have to end up winning that one with Amazon, right? But right now it says Musk is $188.5 billion. Bro, Musk is climbing, man. There's a crap load of Teslas on the street now, man. Yeah. yeah. And once that, electric, once that electric car movement starts, they're already making electric Mustangs. for The next Mustang is going to be all electric. Bro, a RAV4 passed by me yesterday. I don't remember where I got out of the car, but a RAV4 passed by me. It was Sunday at Publix. And all of a sudden, I expect a vroom to go by. And you're like, I look back, and it's a hybrid RAV4. And I was like, wow, man. Whoa. You're the gas stations are going to go out of business soon. Yeah, the gas gas cars are dying. And notice they're all white. So everybody wants an electric the car, pure. but everybody wants to pay more money for the color. So in that world of 4 to $10 billion in net worth are a lot of people that you know. And in here, in this list, it's a long list. I, I don't see Trump's name, but I'm going to assume he's part of this group because of the amount of money. It's between 4 and $10 billion. You ready? Ralph Lauren. You know who Ralph Lauren is, right? Yeah. Of course. Dan Gilbert. <clears throat> Duh. George Soros. I guess you don't know George. Uh, 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 Robert Rowling. Isn't the guy that wrote those books? I have no idea. Oh, no, that's R.L. Rowling, isn't it? What do I know? Rowling. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> It'd be Harry Potter if it's Rowling, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. I saw that last name. Bob Kraft. Cheese. Mm -hmm. Massages. You went there, didn't you? Too soon? Nah. Not too soon. Jerry Jones. Interesting, huh? 
So a lot of people, Mark Cuban. I'm just looking like at sports. I'm skipping a lot of names because I don't know if we know them or not. Man, there's a lot of people that have a net worth between four and ten billion dollars. So when we think of Trump, we think of Trump as this master, multi-gazillionaire. And he's in a group of two, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still an elite group, but two, three hundred people that have the same amount of money, maybe more. So yeah, he's good. But John Jay responded, Frank. Is he a DJ? So let's see what's up. He wants to do it. Nice. He said yes? He said, let's see what's up. That, in my book, is a yes. He didn't say no. I think that's a nice way of saying no. It's like an allergy. You really think he's not going to come DJ? That's a nice way of saying it. Bro, it's like somebody, bro, we should go to the club later. Yeah, bro, hit me up. We'll see what's up. It's a nice way of saying nah. If I set a day for him and say, you're going to spin for a half hour. And... Then we'll see how much he's really into it or not. <laughs> Put a, bit, a, little, a little bit of pressure there. You gotta assert dominance. Yeah, I know. Take control over the situation. Well, I am taking control. He's gonna come in. You'll see. He's coming in. George Lucas, by the way, on that list, Frank. Mr. Star Wars guy. George Lucas on that list? Yes, he is. Why wouldn't it be? He sold his franchise to Disney. Who is David Geffen? Is that. Why does that name ring a bell? It doesn't ring a bell to me. I don't know. Zero bells have been rung. <laughs> yes, it rings a bell to me. Geffen. Where's David Geffen from? Someone can look him up. Anybody. I'll look it up now. Sorry, I was loading. Oh, I thought everything people could do. I mean, you're just running the board. Are you Geffen kidding me? Yeah, I'm Geffen kidding you. <laughs> Geffen with a G. So, yeah, these people, a lot of people have net worth up the yin yang. By the way, Trump's not on that list for some reason. So, he's a producer, he's a film studio executive, and a philanthropist. Okay. He uh, co created Asylum Records in 1971 Asylum with Asylum Records. There you go. And DreamWorks, by the way. Oh, he did oh, DreamWorks, wow. Casina. Casina. So the you guys come in Friday, right? So we can do our picks. Yeah. I mean, even though you're eliminated, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Actually, I got to take that up with my dad. <laughs> oh, so you might not be here Friday. No. He, we'll see what's up. Yeah. Once he finds out he was eliminated, we'll see. Let's see what's up. He's not coming in. Call through Zoom on the phone. No, what for? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So his picks are worthless. He's not going to win. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's playing for second place. I can still get a second. You might. You have to get a little lucky. Who are you picking then? You might as well tell me now since apparently you're not going to be around. So who are you picking, Honey Bun? I don't know. Patrick Mahomes is unlikely to return for this Sunday. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, that's what I saw on Instagram today. I thought he was back. Got a messed up foot and a concussion. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Do you know if they're playing Sunday or Saturday? Uh, all I know is that uh, whatever they're playing, I'm crashing through a table by, by Wednesday, the latest. Oh, my God. That's why we're here today. Oh, Jesus. Help me. I thought he was going to play, bro. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Oh, my God. I'm pumped. I'm not. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Depends who you are to say if it's cool or not. <sighs> a Josh Allen fan. So who are you picking, Ed? My God. I'm going to ride it out with the Bills. Bills, and then how about the other game? It's Packers and Bucks. and the and the Bucks. Yes, sir. This guy's not the the whiz here this week, huh? <laughs> who are you picking? I don't know. Devontae Adams is gonna have a big game. I don't know who's gonna cover him. Packers. Devin White's gonna be flying around though. So he picks the Bills and the Packers, right? Yep. We got his picks. The MPP. By the way, another life hack. By the way, do you ever go to somebody's house and you see a tennis ball hanging from the roof? Never. 
like inside the house no. or like the garage? Yeah, so in the garage. So like they Oh, I know oh, why. Yeah. That I know why. So that's a life hack. So as you know what that ball, is? As soon as the ball hits the windshield, they stop they because stop. that's exactly My uncle has it. Back. That's a life hack. His People mind, also use like, a tennis ball and they put it next to their door and they glue it next to the door. They slit something through it. Like how you know the peanut guy used to do it at the ball games that like you put the money into the ball. So this way you can put like letters or keys or something like that that you want somebody else to see or you don't want to forget before you leave the house. You put a little googly eyes on it. <laughs> quick, quick question again though. You, so the 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 tennis ball in the garage door. Yes. You hit it. Hits the front. The doo -doo 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 -doo. How does that help you when you get it to your garage? Because it lets you know when you can stop. Yeah, when you when you pull into your garage, the ball hits the windshield. So once the ball hits the windshield, you stop. That's how you know that it's exactly where you're supposed to park. So when the door closes, it doesn't hit your car. So you set it up in a place where it hits your windshield that your your car is fully into the garage. Right. And also people save it so then they can have some space in the front because people tend to go too forward. So then if you have to go around your car towards the front because the garage is closed, you have to do kind of do a crab walk in order to get through. So this way they set it up. You know how many times I hit my laundry machine, like oh pulling into the garage? No, I don't. Did you did you not see it or something? You know how many times I've right, put a curb? I, thought, I thought I wasn't far enough there? because then I didn't want the door to close and then <laughs> the door closed my car. <laughs> Who put that there? <laughs> where did that come from? Where did that where did that curb come from? Oh, you're a you're a curb clipper? Yeah, I am. You clip the curb with it, so you mess I'm up like, the tires. <gasps> no, her rims are just destroyed. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, since when was that curb there though? It's 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 horrible, and I don't believe in censors. Beep, 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 beep. No, no, no I you, keep going. I mean, after telling me that you <laughs> clipped the curbs, I'm I'm sure you should be in full support of <laughs> of censors. I feel like they're they're not accurate. I don't know. Quick I don't know. It's always nice. Quick question before I let you go: All these life hacks. Did you not think at some point, except the tennis ball one, that they're all kind of made to be that? think they are, yep. Yeah, some of them, but I don't yeah. think there's any coincidence there's a hole in the middle of that box. Like, I think that was meant to be that. For sure. What box? Like the McDonald's the chicken, nugget, chicken box? nugget box. There's like three little like Will bends. you open it? Yeah, but they did, they did that on purpose. I don't think, exactly. I think it's For a life hack. Exactly, for you to hack. put it. But that's not a life hack. But that's yeah, but that's what he's saying. That like some of these life hacks were meant to be Correct. like that. Correct. So they're not necessarily life hacks. But just I don't consider those <laughs> life hacks. Like you guys were talking about the box with the with the thing. I don't consider that a life hack. Like now Burger King's new lids are now flat, so you can put drinks on top of each other. So if you have multiple drinks to carry, you don't have to oh. kind of like play this game of trying to balancing on your arm. They Haven't they been like that though? Well, I don't know. I don't eat fast food, but that's a different lid than when we were around. That's not necessarily a life hack. That's just they made it intended to. to well, nobody really goes to Burger King. So. Burger King is better than McDonald's. Burger King is better than Burger King yeah, breakfast. Burger King is is better. Burger King breakfast. I'll take Burger King breakfast, but overall, <laughs> you're gonna take Burger King fries? Yes. No. no. I have onion rings. No. Onion rings. Oh, no. oh, onion rings. Onion rings. No, no, yeah. No, no, but I I will tell you. Best fries right now. Fast but food. I will. I don't mind either breakfast. Checkers. But oh, fries and checkers are terrible. The seasoned <gasps> fries. Oh, Crazy. Oh my oh, god. Are you crazy? No wonder you eat a cupcake with a fork and a knife. <laughs> you wanna fight? I'll take you outside. What do you mean checkers fries are garbage? Those are the best fries out there. We get the we Go get them we get the frozen fries. bags and make them at home. Those the Miami fries sub are the fries are the greatest fries yeah. on the his on so, the but hold on. face of this but earth. What's funny is the Miami sub ones taste different. Yeah. I don't like the checkers ones. It's the just seasoned fries. are too greasy and too it's I like McDonald's fries. I'm sorry. 
Chick-fil-A yeah. waffle like, fries. I regret that waffle fries are also my You favorite. know something. Chick-fil-A waffle, <laughs> waffle fries, fries are those are fantastic. They should start making onion rings. But you what, know how good those onion rings would be? Do you remember when McDonald's <laughs> used to make the bucket of fries? Yes. What happened? Yes, I remember. Why do we not, why do we go away from that? Because, because I think, I think it's like you know it was like the like the healthy movement. Like they don't use like beef oil anymore. They use synthetic oil or like vegetable oil. Everybody used to say the fries used to be way better because they can use the beef oil. Fries are fantastic. They're still good. They're still the best fries in town. That's why I look at Checkers like, eh, Burger King then. You get the Denny seasoned fries? Yeah, I like seasoned fries. Seasoned fries are fantastic. My mouth is watering. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question. Are you going to sit and watch this now as we get off the air? I'm going to watch that Kodak I got to go to my doctor's appointment. I told you. So none of you people are worried about so this So I really hope that no one acts out. I got to go. I'm waiting to get that notification on Instagram. Sniper Gang Apparel has started oh, their live, no, their no. live video Help. for Kodak Black. Oh, gosh. Well, Trump did leave Biden a note in the Oval Office. He did? So he, he did? kept that tradition. Even though he didn't stay for the quarter century he year tradition, he left them a note. Okay. We don't know what the note Social said. Distancing. It could have just been two words. We don't know, but he left them a note. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> Good luck. Well, next time I'm on the air, we will have a 46th president of the United States of America. Whoa. That's heavy duty, guys. All right, let's keep it real here, bro. America has made it through 46 presidents, and it'll make it through 46 more. I give you this damn speech every time I say goodbye. This place is bigger and better than anything that can be in opposition to it inside of its walls. We are stronger because we are united, and because of that, a day like today should be a vigilant celebration of what is democracy. We got no problems, guys. We got to start coming up with some solutions. But problems? Nah. We've overcome them before. We'll overcome them again. Trump didn't stick around for the party. But looks like Bill Clinton... Obama stopped through to say hi, have a beer, talk about old times. Yep. Looks like uh, today's the first day of the next presidency. What does God have in store for us? Someone told me yesterday, God help us. Man, he's been helping us for 230 freaking years. You think he's going to give up on us now? Come on, bro, please. In the heart of every good Samaritan and every man who believes in God, he understands that the freedom of thought, the freedom of, freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, the freedom to do whatever the hell you want to within reason is our, our inalienable right. It's our right as human beings. Forget about as Americans, as human beings. But not everyone in the world gets that right. You know why? Not everywhere is the United States of America. God bless you, everybody. See you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed on Good Morning Amigo are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.